Episode 480 of Conversation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Jammer. Michael here. But what's Bonvenu? Did you say Bonvenu or Bienvenu? I said Bonvenu probably because I'm English. <laughs> but I was we know the, what you meant. I was watching the Olympic uh, opening ceremony and they do bits of it in French, don't oh, they? Yes, it's the Olympic ceremony today. Happy Olympics, work, everybody. Good yes. luck, Team GB. Summer of sport. Good luck, everybody else. But not as much luck as us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, yeah, summertime is here. Last day of school for me today. Lovely. And, um, well, it looks like the rain's just about to start, doesn't it? We, we've had it, some jolly hot weather for, for, you know, for the UK Look, for the past week or so. And it looks I'm like so the skies are about to I'm so bored of having to defend how hot it is uh, to people who live in different countries. Or like, <laughs> oh, 30 degrees in my country. It's 50 degrees every day in winter. Like... <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not like that here normally, and the humidity is ridiculous, and we don't have um, central air, or whatever it is. Air conditioning. So, just shut central up. Air. Just let well, us, I don't, I don't just let mind us be hot. hot. I don't get it. I don't mind the hot, but we've got a nice well, cool house. Well, you're never allowed to complain but, again. Yeah, the, the heavens may well open while we're recording this this evening, so look out for that. Well, listen. Um, Gemma, how are you doing this week? My Olympic dreams have been dashed. Gemma has had terrible stuff happen this week. Gemma. I was going to be running the 100 meters again and getting a gold again but fell over <laughs> <laughs> Gemma fell over I fell over yesterday she fell over really hurt we were going for a walk in the woods and we just got through the gate and you had a bit of a tumble I didn't just you literally just fell over you had a bit of an upsie daisy out of nowhere I was just on the ground all of a sudden yeah I was walking in front of you <laughs> and I just suddenly heard this massive thump I mean this very delicate <laughs> feather floating <laughs> to the ground like barely and, a barely but, a crunch of a leaf yeah and yeah, you were over. You've done your ankle then. My bad ankle has done it again. Mm. How long was it? Was it like two years ago, three years ago since you did your ankle before? It's probably, I don't remember, it was October, it was Halloween. Such a tragic day. Yeah. So you did that, you grazed your other knee and, and now your leg's out of right. action. Well, well, it really hurts. You're hobbling. I don't know, I, I've, I really suspect I broke my ankle the first time, but they never gave me an x-ray and it healed funny. It's never been the same since. But when I stood on, I stood on a brick or something and my ankle mm. just went completely all over the place. Yeah. She did a good scream. I got, yeah, I didn't scream yeah. immediately. No, you, you went into a good like 10 I seconds or something, didn't and you? And I was so like really hurt and, and I, was I going, could barely breathe okay? and I thought I was going to be sick. And then I just did a really massive ranty, like angry scream. <laughs> it was more, it was more the, the anger of it rather than the pain, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. But I really, like I, I think I said this a few months ago, I've been wanting to do a nice scream. For a yeah. long time. Luckily, and I nobody thought, this is a good thought that I was attacking you in the woods or nobody anything. Nobody came to help me. <laughs> Everyone was just like, "Wow, well, you know." He looks can, harmless. She sounds big. She can defend herself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so yeah, now you're hobbling around. I'm going to talk, call you Tina I Hobbly. Can't. Tina Hobbly. That's a Coronation Street reference. Obviously. I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, send you send you flowers and grapes this way, everybody. Well, it's a sad day for me because I was doing really well with getting my walks in, wasn't I? You have been doing well. No, I can't do any walks again. I can only hop around from place to place. So we're, we're recording this. We're on the sofa as usual. Oh, yeah, Gemma's got why, her foot up. This is why I'm mentioning this, not for sympathy, but if it sounds like <laughs> I'm in a completely... Di- I wasn't going to bring it up, but if it sounds like I'm in a different place, I am. I'm in a, a, sitting a in a slightly different back. position because I've got to elevate my foot. And if you hear a go... 
Oh, oh that pain. is Oh, <laughs> oh dear, I was going to win a gold. Anyway, enough about your problems. We've got a competition to launch. We said, if you, I don't know if you <laughs> will listen to the end of last week's podcast, but we did announce that this week we would be yes, um, we do. uh, doing another competition to win a £10 the top tier Patreon competition subscription annual thing. Did I sell that really well? You can enter this competition to win a year's worth of our top tier Patreon. Yeah, stroke which... the prize, Gemma. Ooh. Ooh, oh, ooh. like what you're winning. <laughs> um, it's been donated kindly by a listener. She, she said we can say it. It says Nancy, lovely Nancy listener. Thank she you so has, much, Nancy. Very, very, very kind of you. Yes, funded a year's worth of patron for another lucky listener and for the... Um, Rovers tier patron, you get all kinds of goodies, like a postcard from me. Yes. Michael makes you write them. Um, you get you a T-shirt. Don't say Michael makes you write them yeah, and then Michael people are going to get them through the post and feel like guilty for even <laughs> holding it in their guilty. hands. <laughs> um, you get a lovely T-shirt this year, free T-shirt. You get a year's worth of our wonderful top fives, plus all the ones we've already done. Yeah. At this point, why really would you good. want to enter unless you've already and en- unless you're already a patron? Yes, so no this current is, patrons. This, is, only, this is opening open to um, new patrons only because we want somebody to, who hasn't been able to to get the chance to join our patron tier. And thank you very much to Nancy. We are going to run this for a month, and it's going to end noon British summer time, Friday, the twentieth of August. Yeah, so that weekend's episode, we're going to be um doing a little pip- announcement of the winner. We're going to have a little spinny wheel because we haven't even said what you have to do to get this yet. But that was going to be on our um, ninth anniversary podcast, isn't it? Yes. Nine years we've been doing this I in can't a month. Believe it. So yeah, that'll be extra special for the person that yes. wins it. How do you go about entering this competition, Gemma Cox? Why do you say my full name? I feel like I'm in the dock. Cops um, in the dock. No, can you shut up? If you want to win, you need to um, answer a question. It's not a difficult question. I listen, think that the last time it was a bit tricky. I I said that and you would listen to me. So this, I thought it was fun. But listen, what you need to do is answer this question. What is the name of our cat? I told, I told you it was easy. Is that easy? If, you're a, cor- if you're a Conversation Street fan, you should be able to You should know this. what our cat is And we is will called. accept... Any spelling, because this is a ordeal, ordeal uh, <laughs> podcast, so you won't know how to spell it correctly. Actually, we might even mention it, you know, in this week's... No, we won't. We'll try not to. Please email... But she comes jingling in and I say, hello, Mama G. Hello, insert really. cat's name here. <laughs> Listen, if you want to enter, please send us an email with the headline, the header, Conversation Street Patron Competition. Yeah, that'll do. Or something like that. As long as it's obvious, I'll and enter you in. Tell us what the name of the cat is. And that's it. The email address is conversationstreet at gmail.com. So if you want to enter, tell us what's the name of our cat. And we'll only accept current cats, not past cats. Aww. I know. <laughs> and um, if you might get a bonus entry if you can remember the other one. Don't, don't. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. Yes. Enter now. It's great. Enter now. Thank you again, Nancy. That's very generous of you. We appreciate you donating Same, this year's worth nice. of patronness. Right, um, thank you. That's that's a good. I, I feel in a good mood about this, Gemma. Am, am I going to still be in a good mood after I've done the quiz? Is it an easy one for me this week? I, I feel like I think I need it. I've, I've earned an an Do easy you? quiz today. Yeah, yeah, I've been working hard. Okay, well, I don't know how to even keep score. Um, I'll write it down. I'm you're, not moving. Yeah, Gemma, you're, you're an invalid. You can't write down scores this week. Right, listen. 
This is things that happen between the 19th and the 23rd of July in years ending in a one and a six. And did, I got... did we say that that's the, what we're talking about? I assume people no, guessed. No, we didn't. Episodes talk... 10,380 to 10,385, if you please. This is episode 480 of Conversation Street. God, <laughs> 20 episodes to episode 500. Going up fast. Gemma, oh. sorry, sorry. Quizzing. Right, shut up then. Um, I sourced the information from coronationstreet.fandom.com. 19th of July, 1991. Alex's granddaughter, Victoria, her parents die in a car crash. What are their names? Timothy and Sandra. Is that right? Arden? Yeah, that is right. Yes! Two points? Please. Oh, right, fine, whatever. That's good, because I, I got the point, and you know, that um, distinct nostalgia podcast, but then the name for horse. I'm my secret Vicky Arden expert. Sounds like you really love her. In the first appearance of the character, who plays Victoria Arden? Oh, I don't know, but it's not Chloe Newsom. Oh. Well, that's the answer I've got. Chloe with. Newsom. <laughs> it's complete. That, that wasn't her first appearance. All right. Was it? No. Yes. I don't know. I'll get a point for Chloe Newsom. Carry on. 19th of July, 1971. Alan and Elsie argue over her budget cooking and she refuses <laughs> to buy which ingredient that she deems a luxury. Ah, I've got no idea. A luxury ingredient in 1971. Yeah, this is 1971, so... Um, oh, coriander. Coriander in 1971? You must be bonkers. I don't know. No way. Why? I'll give you one more guess. Is that, what, is that too luxurious or not yeah, luxurious enough? Yeah, <laughs> coriander, coriander. I don't, I don't really know. So it's not, not, nothing herbal. You can even buy olive oil. Well, like you had to go to the. Um, second guess. You had to go to the uh, chemist to buy ingredient in olive oil because you could only buy it to clean your ears out with back in the day. Um, no ingredient. Um. Oh. Eggs in aspect is a finished dish. It's just it's just eggs and yellow jelly, isn't it? Um, pasta's not an ingredient. What could be luxury? What did you say? Isn't pasta. It? Pasta is an ingredient. Pasta. No, it's oh. not pasta. Tin of sweet corn. Tin <laughs> of sweet corn, seriously. Yeah. Oh, those poor 1971ers, 50 years ago. No, you just gave yourself a point. Oh, yeah, sorry, I no saw what you were doing sorry. there. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Johnny times. Green Giant must have been so happy when it caught on. No, yeah, well. I wonder, what, I wonder <laughs> was... what it was that she was cooking that he was like, this would be much better with a tin of sweet corn. She was like, no, no, Alan, you're bankrupt. <laughs> right, go on. Then. In my mind, it's some kind of fish and creamy. Sauce with mashed potato. Yeah, what do you even put? What do you even put? Like sweet put corn in as an ingredient. I'd have it maybe with a nice bit of spam. Seventies. <laughs> <laughs> oh mm. yeah. Anyway, carry yeah. I just on. imagine Something like you know what I mean, product. like some kind of gloopy white stuff. Yeah. With, Chicken supreme, maybe. Yeah, with a bit nice. Be nice with sweet corn in it, wouldn't it? Mm. 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 Okay. Next. Nineteenth of July, nineteen sixty-six. Nineteen ninety-six. What do Don and Mike clash over in the Rovers that leads to Mike punching Don to the ground? Mike punching Don to the ground? It's not sweet corn. 1996. That's too late for Ivy. Um, I can't remember what was going on back then. Um, oh, it been, it's probably to do with the, the garage? The garage. What about it? Um, Mike had swindled Don. What does that mean? He'd sold in the garage for too much, uh, for, you know, too expensive. What happened? 
Mike Pence done. No, Don Pence Mike. Well, you've, the garage went bust. Yeah, you yeah, never yeah, I knew really that. explained That's the point, that. I knew what it was. I know, but if this was a pub quiz, you'd be going, oh, I get a point. And everyone, do, all I the other tables point. would be going, no, day. you don't. Not hard day today. Next I know question. you have. Um, 20th of July, 1966. Annie wants to change the name of the pub to appeal to American tourists. Uh, I mean... I don't think that... Because she never changed it, that explains mm. why there aren't any American tourists. There's rovers of bloody full of Americans in the 60s. What are you talking they about? They were full tourists, of GIs, they wasn't were, they? Yeah. They okay. were there, they knew exactly why they were there. Yeah. And they for the, Tanner. the sites. Um, she wants to change the name of the pub to appeal to American tourists and she picks one based on a painting that she's found in the attic. Oh, man. What's the name? <laughs> uh, it's something It's something like you know, Paris Bistro or Parisienne or... Something Based on like, a picture. Yeah, I thought that she had a Paris... I thought it was I'll Paris. give you three options, because I thought you'd complain about this. Uh, thank you. So I've made this into a multiple-choice question. Okay, thank you. Okay. Right, the dashing rogue... Yeah. The masked lady... Yeah. Or the stagecoach. Okay, nothing to do with Paris, then. No. I think it's the masked lady. You've got to give me one answer that's final. The masked lady? Yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert, like she never did. She didn't. 20th of July, 2001. Jack. I tell you what, it'd be better than Rovers was a Z on the end, though, eh, Jenny and Johnny? <laughs> da Rovers. <laughs> 20th of July, 2001. Jack is excited to hear that he has been left something in the will of his old mate, Jimmy Kelly. What does it end up being? Oh, 2001, Jack. <laughs> no. It's a key. A key? Hmm. Do you know what the key is to? Um, I really don't. To a shed in an allotment. Oh, is that when they got their allotment shed? Yeah, I do remember that. Zero. Okay. I remember it. Half a point. You don't get a point <laughs> no, for saying it afterwards. Go on, go oh, on, I go knew on. that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, this I'm doing is all right. why, I've got five out of seven so far. This is why they don't mark your exams in the room. Like, the invigilators don't come around and, like... Give you zero. It's like, oh no, because you're going, no, no, what? Uh." Imagine if you were a footballer. Oh, ref, what? That was a goal. (laughs) Go on, go on, carry on. 20th of July, 2016. Which couple share their first passionate kiss in the factory? (gasps) Jenny and Johnny. Put that in there for you. Thanks. It's their anniversary. (laughs) Sad times. Is this when they the storeroom first saw a bit of action in there? I don't really Ooh. know. I didn't look into the details. <laughs> Corey details. 21st of July, 2011. Ken discovers whose evil scheme to borrow money against number one and run off with 50 grand. Who was doing that? 2001. That's what I'm trying to get to the bottom of. Um, I... Oh. Who would do that? Who would do such a thing? Tracy? No. 2001. 2011? 2011. Oh, I'm going to say it's um, his evil son, Lawrence. Is that his grandson? Lawrence, Lawrence. Lawrence, Lawrence what? Lawrence Ken's son. Um, Cunningham. No, it was James Cunningham. Oh, funny. Okay, I like the way that you just like um, turned into like Scandinavian naming. No points for that. (laughs) Kenson. Kenson. (laughs) Um, 22nd of July, 2016. What does Leanne confess to Steve? 21st, 22nd of July, 2016. Leanne's got to tell Steve something. What is it? I'm pregnant with your baby. 
Yes, you're the father of my unborn Yay. child. Hey, that was good. I'm pleased with my score there. Five, you six, seven. Yet. Really? Got one more that okay, you Okay, I'm on get seven out of wrong. ten at the moment. Okay. Yeah. Twenty third of July, nineteen eighty six. Which fancy piece gets fed up with Jack constantly complaining about a pair of men's pants he found in Vera's car? And for our overseas listeners, that is pants as in underpants. So hang on a minute. Somebody's... I found Jack a piece of Jack. Found in, the, in the back of Vera's car. Yeah. He was getting off with somebody. He was getting off with somebody with in the back girl. of Vera's car. And then he found a pair of underpants that belongs to a man. Right. And she's like, shut up about this. I'm getting fed up with you going on about it all the time. And who is she? Who's the lady that he was having an affair with? Uh, Dulcie Frogger. Yes! You got it! You've got good scores Eight today. out of 11. I'm happy with that. I'll take that. Thank you very See, much. See, I'm genuinely happy for you. Thank you. I'm happy I for I don't try to make you fail. Just do it <laughs> inadvertently every week. Apart from this one. Birthday oh, time. Just... 25th of July. Writer, Brian Finch. Director, Haldane Duncan. Or Haldane? Haldane. Brooke Maloney plays Lily Platt. Twen- oh, Lily Platt. 27th of July. Director, Matthew Robinson. Gabrielle Glaster, who played Debs Brownlow. Tracy Shaw, played Maxine Peacock. Oh, lover. Julia Hayworth, who played Claire Peacock. And Alexandra Madell. Oh, is Ali Madell's birthday coming Emma up Brooker. How lovely. Uh, 28th of July, Richard Everett, who was a floor manager, producer and executive producer in the 60s. 29th of July, Peter Baldwin, who played oh, Derek Wilton. And Bob him. Mason, who was Terry Bradshaw and also a writer. Happy birthday, everybody. Happy birthday, everybody. Lovely. Send them your wishes. Right. Um, well, that's quite a long intro. Competition, leg, quiz, Olympics. birthdays, everything. Let's talk about this week's Coronation Street. Right time for street talk. It is. Did I, you have a good day today I, I, watching Corrie? It was I good on Friday. I enjoyed watching Corrie today, yeah. I thought that on the whole this week was all right, actually. I mean, it, it wasn't, you know, up there, up there. But I was, I was mightily amused at certain parts of this week, including today. And in fact, I read an article, somebody had um, sent us an article that was on the Mirror today, I think, about um, how slapstick and awful and carry on the um, the calendar stuff was, and some of it certainly was, but today made up for it. In it space. really redeemed itself today. I was feeling bad watching it, going, oh, I, did, I, was, I gave this story such a hard time last week, but... Um, I loved it because I, I mean, it, it was Jay. Jimmy and Adam, yeah, wasn't oh, it? fantastic. But then they are the, so the good other stories together. were quite good. There's there lots of feel-good stuff um, in today's episode, wasn't yeah, there? Yeah, when Curtis nearly died, I thought, oh. oh Gemma has really t- taken against Curtis. Can I just say, if anyone's <laughs> following us on Twitter, all these anti-Curtis <laughs> tweets are not coming from my fingers. <laughs> don't like him he really grinds my gears i don't i don't not like him i can't I just say find that him so boring i, I really find I don't i still haven't worked it out yet i, I quite liked him today but he's really he turned out oh. to be quite popular online hasn't he everyone yeah, seems to love looking. emma and curtis together i am seeing a lot of people saying it's because he's good looking i don't know but i think i think that I, I, they seem nice together. They seem a good fit. He's making a smile and then he makes a sad. Then he makes a smile and then he makes a sad. We'll talk more about that in a bit. But um, yeah, I, I still don't think he's got quite enough going for him in the personality department. He's a bit of a walking issue story at the moment, isn't yeah. he? Um, but we're going to talk about his story first anyway. Um, so this is the 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 the, 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 blah, 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 the full Monty from last week slash Curtis's story, which is obviously I'm calling Heartbroken, which describes his condition and also how Emma's feeling throughout much of this week. After that, we have got the Fizz story, Fizz and Phil. Phil the love. 
feel, no, feel, oh, that's probably what Alina would call it. Feel the love, wouldn't it, Jerry? <laughs> Can you read it in your best, Alina? But what's the storyline title called, Alina? Feel the love. Feel the love, yes. Did you, did you know that the film, Coronation Street, has got two L's on his name? I've never seen Phil with two L's. Are there any double L'd Phil's in our listenership? Let us know. Why do you spell it like that? After that, oh, yeah, this is a terrible... Well, maybe it's like Don Jonathan. No, Philip. I thought Philip was always one L. Um, I thought, is Philip short? Maybe his... Because it's short for Philip. Yeah. But Some... Philip has got one L. Sometimes people spell it with two L's, don't they? Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. Anyway. Maybe he's named after the electrics company. Do they have two L's? What? Philip's. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Phillips, uh, and they were listening, and just people who are thinking it's a stupid thing to get into a tiz about. Who cares? Um, high sun protection factor is my <laughs> next story, which is terrible. <laughs> that's bit, that's uh, Nick getting his knickers in a twist a little bit about um, about salmons being a bit overprotective of him. High sun protection factor, mm-hmm. very appropriate for these hot, sunny times. Uh, Kelly and Jelly is my next storyline. Again, pretty terrible. Oh, this is all bad storyline titles. The next one's quite a good storyline title, but it doesn't particularly describe the story, but I'm having it anyway. This is about Grace, who wants to get romantically entangled with Michael. A, t- a tryst, one might say. So, Vickers in a tryst is the next storyline. I quite like the sound of it. Yeah, maybe does not describe what's going on, but I don't care. And then we had a little bit more of the pump action story on Monday, which fortunately did not carry on I forgot what that day. even is. It's Todd and the heat pump, Gemma. Oh, heat, heat pump, heat pump, pump. heat pump. Heat pump. You're going to do the first story, aren't you? You're going to do um, The Fool Monty and Heartbroken. So I'll hand it <sighs> to you. Yes, I'm going to do this one. Okay, right. Monday, I'm just, uh, con- just composing my, my thoughts. Yeah. On Monday, Curtis is in his pants in Emma's flat and Steve phones They've done up. It. Yeah, and Curtis... They've done, they done it with his T-shirt on, we find out later. He's in his pants and T-shirt. Because he's got a scar, hasn't he? He's got, he's got a heart scar like Krusty the Clown. That's the similarities between mm. the two over though. Um, Curtis kind of gets awkwardly um, in trouble by saying that Emma's in the shower and he's he stayed over and he's trying to backpedal and say that he didn't and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I was getting confused cause, and then I remembered that obviously if you're on your mobile you could be answering the phone anywhere. <laughs> anyway, Brian's in the cafe with Kev trying to calm his nerves because he's going to do the naked calendar shoot and he just quite sensibly decided that it's a bad idea at the last minute. And Emma says, don't worry, it will be tasteful. I hate the word tasteful related to anything to do with nudity because <laughs> you know that is not, don't you? It's classy, isn't it? No, it's not What about not if really. they'd done them black and white photos? Come on. No. <laughs> I think the, these are the, anyone who says this is tasteful is the sort of person who really admires... You know that picture, the photo of the... Um, in black and white of the female tennis player with her back to the photographer oh, the scratching scratcher. her ass. Yeah. And everyone's like, that's dead classy, that is. That's really beautiful. And I put that on the wall in the loo. <laughs> <laughs> Just to show that we're people of taste and culture. Um, Tyrone goes into the garage for a shoot first and Kevin's bricking it. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're all being, being photographed in their place of work with particular props from that one. Although we didn't see very many people. So Tyrone and Kevin are both getting, getting garage photos. So I've seen the in-runs down the court going, sorry, Your Honour, um, <laughs> it's hot and also I'm doing a naked calendar shoot at the same time. We didn't, we, we barely got to see anybody, did we? Not that I'm saying we you should see more characters. 
characters stripping off. I think it was just but, the right amount, but we did have to... We were led to believe that there were, like, 13 characters all stripping off throughout the day on Monday, and we only saw four of them. We've only... We haven't seen anybody's finished pictures, though, have we? I don't think we're going to, I don't to want fair. to. I think it's funnier if we don't, just like, um, we never saw Fat Brenda. <laughs> what a prude. Um, so, uh, Emma... Is Emma tell for some reason she's like oh I can't lie to you Dad, Steve me and Curtis have done it like I don't like I, you don't need to say it's not lying <laughs> t- I mean what were your bowel movements for the week you, I assume you're not reporting that as well, um Tyrone's done Kevin strides into the garage and shuts himself in because he can't can't go through with it and he's got this ridiculous he's doing the laughing cavalier isn't he he's got um he's got a moustache. Well, moustache? could have grown his own if they'd given him a bit more warning. We know he rocks a good moustache, does Kev. Because um, <sighs> Brian's basing this on Dutch masters, isn't he? Yes. On like really famous. Um, they're not Dutch, all Dutch masters though, because there's Michelangelo touching the f- the hand of God. That's not Dutch. Well, mate, some of them. Are, <laughs> I don't know. They're just classic photo, a classic. We, uh, we need to get Prince William on here to give us his art history uh, commentary. I think Kate got higher. Uh, marks in her degree um, I wonder whether the reason why we haven't been shown the finished pictures is because they look absolutely nothing like <laughs> any of these because they can't possibly can they I don't think they actually took any of their photos I have to say okay um, prove, I'll prove me wrong next week but if we I see any of these finished photos I'll be quite surprised maybe Debs um, so Tyrone uh, yeah Kevin's shut himself in this is because I'm not in the right angle for this you're not sorry i'll rotate you around a bit this is this is old Gemma's disability here go on emma goes in to see kevin doesn't she to yeah go and... yeah she tries to convince him because she's like absolutely desperate for this um naked calendar shoot to go through because that's the only way she and curtis are going to get to see steve's balls which really seems to be the main yeah their main reason for doing it we did it. say that curtis was a bit sus last week didn't he is we? sus i'll tell you why he's sus later as well um, he just needs to suck himself up. Meanwhile, Curtis gets a mystery phone call. Then we see Kevin sucking himself up in front of the mirror. Then he then he drops his dressing gown because he thinks Brian's coming in. Oh hello, Brian. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, it's my it's my fiance. It's How embarrassing! The woman I was about to marry. I like I didn't get this as like a. <laughs> no, why was... is this a cliffhanger? Yeah, Abby's Abby finds this hilarious because she didn't even know for some reason, which again problematic a little bit. Why would you? Take part in a calendar shoot, not tell your wife. Can you imagine what? I don't know. I think right. I... Can you imagine how Kevin would have reacted if Abby had done this without telling him? You'd have had a massive sulk about it. You'd have got a proper for mad. days. I think. I think maybe the idea was tell her later, and because she might have talked him out of it. But she anyway. She thinks it's brilliant, doesn't she? Well, she thinks it's funny. It was nice to see Abby back this week. Nice to see her laughing. Yes. Dev is trying to persuade what? I was going to say Anne Leanne at the end of this week's episodes as well. Nice to see a big grin on her face too. Mm, Randy. Cheer me right up. Looks like Abby has not been told about him. Oh, yeah, about him, so. yeah. Uh, Dev's trying to persuade Emma to let him do December because he says it's Dev-sember. Dev-sember. And um, she's not really uh, keen on giving him that. Jimmy this week was on fine form yet again, which to, to some people I know means he was just completely insufferable, but I oh, loved him. Oh, he's fantastic. Dev Semba, Dev Semba. Yeah, trying he to does, think... like, he does the little does face, the... like the photo yeah, uh, frame. Thing, yeah, We were fingers. trying to think of some other ones, weren't we? Um, Tried really hard. Se- September with my best yeah. one, but I, I don't think he'd look so good. 
Oh yeah, January, yeah. Yeah. Um Hilda October. <laughs> we couldn't come up with the whole year, so no. we just gave up. <laughs> um Curtis is like, I have to go somewhere and Dove's like takes my clothes off. Curtis goes into the bistro and he's there with a woman. He's very awkward about being with her. You can tell that everybody's noticing. Then he reveals his big secret to her for some reason, even though she knows. Well, he doesn't reveal it. He reveals it to us. He yeah. just kind of mentions it. We overhear his big secret. As does Danny, whose name I kept forgetting during this week, James's boyfriend. He's just as bland as Curtis. Oh. Curtis, Danny and um, James are just... I don't know why they didn't... They could have just hired one actor and have him wear different wigs. I don't know how they would have done the James and Danny kiss if they'd have done that. Um, really, just move really fast. Mom, 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 mom. Just have him kissing a mop or something from the back. Yeah. <laughs> Works in cartoons. <laughs> His big secret, I'm sorry I left you guys on tenderhooks there, it is that he could drop dead at any second, yeah, which is the most exciting problem. thing about him. Debbie comes in and tells Steve so about harsh. Curtis casing up to some dolly bird in the bistro. Um, then she walks into the shop and interrupts Dev in the bar. Oh yeah, because bits Steve was supposed to be guarding the shop door, wasn't he? I don't know why Dev didn't just, you know, lock the door. Yeah. Rather than don't get miss Steve the there like a bouncer. But yeah, Steve goes striding in to have it out with Curtis, leaving Debbie um, the opportunity to walk right in there, and she gets an eyeful, doesn't she, of Dev's particularly hairy kiwi. <laughs> That was a funny scene. Oh, that was that was yeah. He's there with a bunch comedy. of grapes on his head, baguette. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was quite funny, and uh, De- and didn't Debbie start chucking bits of fruit or something? <laughs> uh, Good to see her back this week properly. Yeah, as well. it was. Steve marches into the bistro and lays into Curtis, jumping completely to the wrong conclusion and assuming that he's having it off with his other woman. And he says, "You need to finish things with Emma." Then he leaves and Danny comes over and says, I, I know what the truth is. You need to tell Emma. Yeah, because Curtis kind of goes along with Steve's assumption, doesn't he? Because he doesn't want Steve to actually know the truth of the Completely matter. Completely inconsistent and ridiculous, this storyline was. Kirk and Chesney are getting ready to do the American Farmy Forky picture you've written. It's called American Gothic, Michael. Thank you. The name of the picture. And um, it's very famous. It's the one of the... Um, it's actually supposed to be his daughter, the man's daughter, but everyone thinks they're husband and wife. Yes. And the ha- he's trivial. holding a pitchfork in front of yes, a. I recognise old... it from the front, from the um, Desperate Housewife intro credits. Well done. Mm. They could have. I mean, they could have done that, couldn't they? Could have yeah. Desperate Housewife themed. <gasps> yes, I don't think people would have got it these days. No, um, Chesney is not very keen about being the woman, and Kirk doesn't want to wear glasses, so he's back to the drawing board, I guess. Kirk just want, goes to see Emma and says, "Oh, we're not right for each other." Emma starts crying. He says, I hate myself for it, but it's not going to work. Then Steve finds Emma crying in the factory and says, oh, you're better off without him. He's the kind of guy that's going to sleep with her and then try to break up the next day. So you don't need that kind of aggro. But he's not told her that he made them break up because he caught, he thought he caught him cheating. Then he catches Steve coming out of the factory and says, oh, you don't know the full story, but in a more hinty kind of way. So Steve goes to the bistro and says to Curtis that Danny said something. Um, and Curtis reveals, I mean, this dark, deep, dark secret that he's been keeping this whole time, very readily given up every single opportunity. He tells everybody, literally, <laughs> as soon as he gets a chance. And then as soon as he out, gets a bit of sympathy, it's like, I just want to have a normal life. Ridiculous. He says that woman is from a terminal illness support group and he says, I have a life-threatening disease. 
very dramatic. It's a heart condition. There's nothing they can do about it. He could have a totally normal lifespan or could just drop dead at any minute. And he's already had a few close shaves. He says to Steve, don't tell anybody. Don't, especially Emma. I want it to be a secret. I'd rather Emma hated me than grieved me. Um, uh, Kirk and Chesney are instead going to do the Sistine Chapel ceiling picture of... Adam and God. Oh, I thought it was Michelangelo. It's not, is it? <laughs> I keep calling not, him it's, character. It's not a self-portrait. Maybe it is. We don't know what you look like. <laughs> I, I, if I was doing a self-portrait of myself in the birth, I might make myself a little bit more impressive more looking in the old trouser department. Do you see Adam's trousers? Ding dong. Yeah. I don't recall really studying the the genitalia of that. I was Renaissance supposed... art. <laughs> genitalia Renaissance art. My dissertation. <laughs> I bet you somebody's done that. Undoubtedly. Um, Steve goes round to see Emma and she says, I'm going to tell Curtis exactly what I think of him. I really loved him. <laughs> and Steve says, oh, it's very complicated, isn't it? Uh, well, there must be a, lot, a reason why somebody would do something like this, but I've got no idea what that could be. On Wednesday, Tracy's getting getting stuck in here. This is what I'd be like. Stick my oar in where I'm not wanted and just get mad on everyone else's behalf. She's upset for Emma. She's mad at Curtis. And she says, um, Steve, make sure you give him a piece of my mind if you ever see that horrible dirty dog. Curtis finds Steve and says, oh, I feel really bad about this. I didn't want to burden Emma with my problems. So Steve says, I'll come along to your support group. So, But then Tracy sees Steve and Curtis getting into a hospital together. Into a hospital? Into, <laughs> into a little mini hospital. Wouldn't that be great? The NHS needs to start sending nose round <laughs> instead of everybody going Mobile to the hospital. Hospitals. Yeah. Isn't that what an ambulance is? Uh, they go to a, get in a taxi to go to the hospital. Then in the pub, Tracy asks Emma if she's seen her dad recently. Um, Debbie comes in and says to Emma, don't waste another thought on that. Two-timing Curtis. And then it, Emma obviously did not realise that there was this idea that he was cheating. You yeah, he didn't. Emma didn't know anything about another man. But it's certainly, man. so far, is we're supposed to think that he is straight, so... Yes. Emma had thought that he just dumped her because he was... Yeah, yeah well, that's, he, what's, that's what he said. Yeah. Emma's listening through tears as Debbie says what she thinks she knows about because she's obviously what she owns the bistro so she saw or she knows that they were there yeah tracy says oh don't be so hasty you just need to hear it from curtis um actually i did see curtis and steve get into a car together um and she phones steve but there's no answer then steve and curtis get back from the hospital tracy confronts them steve lies and says oh we just went shopping and <laughs> Tracy says to Curtis that Emma knows about the other girl. Steve says to Tracy, okay, I've actually, we've actually been to the hospital and Curtis realises he has to come clean. So he goes into the pub and he tells... Um, he, t- he kind of looks like... It takes a very long time for him to tell Emma what's going on. He is very, very long-winded. Uh, I think there was a bit of an advert break in between him saying... And, and, and I didn't get this because we knew what the problem was. Yeah. There was no mystery for us. Yeah. So why leave us on tenterhooks? He has why to wait, make it dramatic? He has to wait and... until the whole of the next episode before he reveals it to Emma. Sometimes we get to see a character find something out and it's really dramatic and then other times they just want to tell every like have everybody be told separately the same bit of information and everyone reacts differently curtis has not really earned earned this treatment from for everybody being told individually what his horrible 
problem is he's not big enough of a character for any for me to particularly care mm. to be honest anyway um back at home tracy is upset that steve didn't tell her about it um curtis is talking to emma about how he collapsed playing rugby and his dad died of hcm which is to do with the um the wall of your heart being too thick and so they investigated to find out if it was that, but it's not. It is much worse, and it's very mysterious. I can't remember whether it was not that or whether it was there's a that bit of that and a well. bit of something else. Yeah. Now this is interesting, isn't it? Because if you watched the World Cup, uh, the Euros, I mean, where there was um that um Danish, Danish player, player who yeah. collapsed on the pitch, and that was was that not a previously undiagnosed heart condition, or did he know he had one? I've got no idea. It's a football piece of trivia. Well. I think this is very timely, and I wonder whether when this poor guy collapsed on the pitch, all the Cory writers and storyline was like, oh, yes, this is going to be so typical. <laughs> it's okay, everybody. He's fine now. He didn't die um, because he was saved, wasn't he, by quick-thinking medical yeah. people doing medical stuff. And I also think there's another... Isn't there another player? I think I saw I saw a I clip of him. Know. And he had... You can have a pacemaker or some... No, not a pacemaker... What are they called? Um, Where you? I don't remember what they're called. What are they called? Clear. Yeah. (laughs) Those things. You know what I mean. The paddles. You can have one of those installed inside inside of your chest. Yeah. And when you collapse dead, it goes. Wow. I don't know. I'm talking crap. That's what Curtis needs. Have I been watching Star Trek too much? I don't know. Is that even in Star Trek? Who knows? This isn't a Star Trek podcast. Stop asking me stupid questions about Star Trek. Anyway, Emma's a bit upset that she said, she's like, you lied to me. I told you all of my dramas and you didn't even tell me your biggest drama. And now I don't trust you. Curtis goes to Steve and says, I need to go home in the cab. It's all over. I'm heartbroken, literally and figuratively. It's too late to save the relationship. Steve goes, tells him to go to the cab office, sit down, wait for Tim, rushes off, goes to number one, tells Emma to take him back. Tracy says, this is not a good idea, is it? Because he's going to die, isn't he? And um, Steve like gives her this heartfelt speech. I thought that Tracy would be like, let him, you just need to get a ring on your finger quickly. He's, he's going to die. He's going to die. Yeah. Get him, get get him that with sweet his doctor's get that pension. pension set up and then, you know, bye-bye Curtis. <laughs> you don't have to socialise with him. You won't see him for years because he'd be studying to be a doctor. Um, yeah, she gives him, he gives him this speech and he brings up Oliver. And, you know, it's not comparable at all in this situation because a parent doesn't really have any choice about whether they love their child. You'd hope not. Yeah, I hope not. You can't be like, oh, don't want to be a dad anymore <laughs> because you're, you're ill and broken. And, um, you know, they didn't know from the beginning that Oliver had this thing. Otherwise, they might have sent him back. <laughs> but Emma certainly has the decision and, and a choice. I really felt bad for her because... This whole thing was handled so badly by Curtis. He he's trying to he's having his cake and eating it because he's basically absolved himself of the guilt of having this having, you know, this um not told her and then making her feel bad when she finds out and take you know I'm I'm yeah, not really yeah, articulating yeah. myself properly. I think he's guilt tripped her into this because he didn't wasn't upfront in the first place. I mean, then again, the fatal disease heart heart fatal heart disease support group not a good place to pick up chicks i don't know where you would <laughs> where you would really date um anyway um 
Um, Steve and Emma go to the cab office. Curtis and Tim have already left. And Steve says, oh, contact him over the radio. And this was really odd because it felt like a very cliched kind of romantic scene where she gave this apology speech and saying about um, she's a teabag and she wants to stew over things before she works out what it is that she feels about stuff. And I was sitting there at home going, oh, stew in the teabag disgusting and i bet it's a yorkshire tea bag as well oh <laughs> oh my god i bet it's orange when you're finished <laughs> you just need to politely introduce the tea and the tea bag and the water that's there's no think. need there's no need for Doesn't them need long long stewing they don't need to get married they just need to be introduced and then it's like a like a regency dance where you kind of have a little fling and then you yeah, move it's like, on. A, like a thief in the night anyway we, we, we thought that, that um, maybe Tim and Curtis were going to pop up behind exactly. her by the time she'd finished She was giving speech. this speech and really it, she should have done it, finished and turned around and he'd be standing there and she would have gone, Curtis, oh, did you hear what I just said? And he would have gone, Emma, I'm so sorry. I love you. And then she would have gone, oh, Curtis, I love you too. It was, I thought it was really sweet. I it was really out, sweet. I adore. Um, and it, it, was, it was lovely to see. I, lo- I love it how even at the end she's like, she, she puts it down and she puts it back up again and goes, over. She's so cute. She says she loves him already. I know. So she just then ends up in the Rovers cleaning up because she thinks she's missed him. Curtis comes to find her, heard her message, and he's brought a tea infuser. Yeah. So what is he like? Symbolic. You, I think he's like, you don't know how to make tea. <laughs> Let me help you. I came back to help you learn to make tea. Like, um, E.T. taught Elliot how to love. Yeah. I don't know. And also how to make a phone call. On Friday, Emma still can't get Curtis's condition out of her head. And he says, this is what, this is what bothers me, okay? Right. <laughs> All the way through this entire time, he's like, I've got a dark secret. I've got a dark secret. I, I'm I'm going to date somebody, but I'm not going to tell them. And then I'm going to push them away because I've decided that this is too much of a big burden for anybody to bear. And even though I, I actually think that I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, be in a relationship because I'm going to die, I'm still going to get into a relationship. And then I'm going to jeopardise and ruin the relationship all the way through because I'm so upset about this heart condition. Seeing as Emma finds out about it, he, he's like, oh, what are you moaning about? Don't worry about it. It's fine. I just take one day as it comes. Who knows what the future holds? Curtis, why didn't you say this at the beginning? Why were you moping about with your blooming support group and your sad lady friend? Yeah, and telling her that you can't be with her. Well, if it's that not of a bigger deal, why was the big secret? He's so inconsistent. The the writers have written this really really badly. I, I... I just find this is complete. It, it didn't reversal. bother me as much when I was watching it, but with, with you pointing it out, I I agree it could have been done. He's a had bit a more complete personality transplant to Curtis on Wednesday. He was like, "I must leave and sacrifice our love because it's I quite, want you to it's be quite happy." Quite an achievement to have a personality transplant well, you where have you don't one. have one to begin with, or when you finish. Yeah. <laughs> is that then? What's the name of this trope, though? This is a pretty sort of standard romance trope where. There's two people in in a relationship, and the other one's like, "We must end it." And they end. Is this is what didn't Jenny and Johnny? Didn't this happen to them? Well, they're like, "I push you away because I'm bad for you, and only heartbreak will follow." Yeah. Like what the hell? This is just. Do real people really do this? It's such a stupid 
trope. Every is, single time drama. I've ever seen this happen, it just winds me up. <laughs> you, nobody made you date her in the first place, mate. If you're that bothered about it, cut your balls off and go join a, a monastery. Yeah. I know how you do it as well, because I've watched Clarkson's Farm. You just put elastic band around it and they fall off by themselves. Really? That's what they do to the lambs, yeah. Um, he says, like, don't worry about it, it's fine. They're all lovey-dovey. Then the printer attacks and they're like, well, we need the, all the... It's print day, it's Friday. We need the pictures for the calendar. So he says, no, I'll do it. He goes off to the laptop in his flat and sorts it all out. Emma and Toya are separately sitting in the cafe and Emma's looking up stuff on yeah, the laptop. Yeah, Toya's counselling senses start tingling, don't they? Ooh, are you in trouble? Sudden death syndrome she's looking up, which I don't think that is what Curtis has. And I said that, what did I say to you the other day? Have they, so, so Curtis's condition is unknown at the moment, undiagnosed. Mm. And I said to you, I wonder whether they've done this because they want to do a diagnosis story, which would be kind of interesting because it can be frustrating. You can, it can take you years to get a diagnosis for various conditions if they're rare or, you know, sometimes Mm. doctors don't even believe you, especially if you're a woman or if you're a person of colour they often will think that you're exaggerating or ignore you when you say that you've got certain symptoms. Yeah. Um, obviously, Curtis doesn't have that problem, <laughs> lucky duck. Um, or, so are they going to do that? Or are they going to do a story where they just don't mention what it is that he's got because they don't want to get themselves in trouble with the, some kind of charity or association that represents the whatever it is that he's going to have? Mm. You know, do they not want to... They don't want to pluck something out of the air because it's not really about his condition so much as it is the romantic doomed story of their love yeah because i can see them doing it that way as well because we've i've criticized them for um having so many issues based storylines and i don't want another medical drama story that this is my this is my main problem with this really i I don't mind curtis i think he was fine and by the end of this week i thought i kind of like him and emma together but i could do without having another medical drama story like literally hot on the heels of ollie and i'm sure that there's the obvious parallels that are being made there the the fact that steve and ollie and we got curtis and ollie and everyone's dying but we also we had like sinead recently it's just a little bit well, I mean, Johnny's still going on with his. Oh, yeah, I know. Ollie's barely cold. I really know that, um, you know, medical issues, everybody knows somebody, or if not, it's them affected by some kind of long-term health condition that involves invasive tests or worrying or medicine or or procedures to help them. It's tough and sad, and it is a reality for lots of people, but... Is it really fun to watch on television? It just feels sometimes like the Curry storyline or so, whoever, again, oh, what if? I know what, I'd spice this story up a yeah, bit. If so-and-so had a, had a heart condition, maybe feels... one that people haven't even heard of before, so we can teach them about it at the same time. Well, I mean, and also think about, we just had um, uh, Peter's liver transplant yeah, yeah, and then yeah. before then we had kidney transplants uh, there's just so many characters that have got these ticking time bombs and yeah. they could suddenly drop dead it really it's one of these things where it's not dramatic anymore because it's just too frequent mm. and coronation street went for decades without having multiple medical storylines sort of concurrently running for years on end yeah you do not need it it's i and it's not as though there are not actually medically based drama and soap series that if you are that fascinated yeah, if you want to get your fix just watch doctors they or need they need watch the viewers casualty 
Yeah, but don't bother getting into Holby at the moment. Don't bother. <laughs> um, right, so she's Emma's there looking stuff up on the internet, and Toya's like, uh, I don't really... She won't also... She's like, oh, I just... She won't say who, what it's for or why she's doing it. She didn't say it's for Curtis. Oh, yeah, no, she didn't. And um, Toya's like, oh, you should just stick to the NHS website, and um, has this person been to the doctor, and has they have they got been given advice? And I was like, yeah. And so Toya's like, you know, really, if you're... If you're looking online, it's only going to make it worse. <laughs> and uh, yes, that is very true. Toy is very wise. That, that, that's another parallel to the Ollie storyline, isn't it? Because wasn't wasn't Steve? Well, didn't the doctor even say to them, toe? "Don't look it up"? Yeah, that's why it felt that that felt a little bit a little bit preachy from Toya today. Um, I don't know. No, I I sometimes Toya just feels a bit like she's delivering the ITV slash advice. It was nice to see Toya this week. Yeah. We got, you know, three or four scenes of her, didn't we? But Buddy Leanne's like, oh, God, I don't want to go around for a drink with Toya. Like, no, we want to see Toya. Shut up and go around there. She's your sister, kind of. Um, yeah, so that was, you know, that's true. Um, <laughs> uh, so she just kind of puts the... What does Toya say? Don't... Google search in public. Like, what don't don't Emma... image search in public. What... Oh yeah, what did what yeah, is Anna looking looking at? Like, yeah, their um, bodies, cadavers with their hearts exploded out of their chests. <laughs> um, Steve and Dev have a bit of a friendly friendly standoff over the fact that Steve wants to be Mister December. Well, no, he is going to be Mister well, December, no, isn't he? He's, he's been posing behind the snowballs. <laughs> Um, and then we get this snooty guy comes in um, and he's like the golf club guy and Dev knows him from there. And is he saying he's going to have his... Oh, he wants to renew his membership. Dev wants to renew his membership and they're in the middle of talking about this naked character when golf guy comes Calendar. in. And, and, and Dev, and I think Dev says, oh, obviously I've not had anything to do with it because the guy says that this sounds like a load of rubbish. He says this is so 90s. Who'd be so stupid to get involved in something like that? And Dev realises that... It's a stupid when idea. It, it, it's, it's not going to go down well with the chaps at the golf club when, um, when the photos come out. I don't know, you know why... I can just imagine the scene How where they're going to get hold of there's it. a bunch of people sitting around in this stuffy, you know, gentleman's club with big leather wing back chairs, smoking cigars and drinking um, whiskey out of the out of their glasses, going, what did you say, old chap? You took a picture, a naked picture of yourself? And then they all kind of squint at him and then they go, marvellous! <laughs> what a funny joke that is! You're such a card, Dev! <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, why. like you I know, would... like how in every kind of like uh, um, old-fashioned romance novel, there's always a disapproving great aunt who eventually is won over by I the plucky heroine. I can't say I'm very well versed on um, romance novels, well, but I believe you. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, so Dev Sev's like, oh no, I'm, I'm going to need to. Can I just point hold something out printers? here? They must know what Dev is like. Yeah, exactly. Does he they like, let him in as he does is. Does he put on a different persona when he goes to the golf club or something? Does he can't go in like, what, 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 everybody? Which <laughs> I, Dev? Dev? Well, that's, that's full on, Dev. I don't know what he did. Just like, you know, go in Is he in pretending really... to be normal? Because it's going to slip at some point. This is just, you Dev know. Dev can't stay here. Yeah. Uh, is this also some kind of discrimination? Going to be some kind of discrimination story? Because yeah, I, know discrimination. That, I know that golf clubs are very... Um, 
elitist no, and discriminatory. I don't think so. I think it was just to provide a bit of extra comedy intention. Well, you can imagine intention. if there was a group of people that were like very... Because I think in America there's some kind of politician who's in trouble because he was part of some kind of country club that didn't want anybody who wasn't white to be in, in involved. And you can imagine if they're that kind of people jumping on any chance to exclude Dev from their group possibly possibly (laughs) so anyway he's like oh dear i need to stop this from happening um so he says (laughs) says to curtis i i I rescind my permission um i really honestly don't can't believe that they didn't have to sign model release forms or anything but you know curtis doesn't strike me as somebody who's well they they might what might you think they didn't because if he signed it then it's tough isn't it yeah but i think it's just for fun isn't it well, Curtis says it's too late. Deb's, Deb's terrified. And then there's this funny um, scene with Ardy in the back um, when uh, when Curtis says, well, what kind of golf club would uh, look down on their members? And Ardy's like, oh, God, don't say members. And then Curtis is trying to say, oh, they can't be that bad. And, and Ardy's like, oh, they're a bunch of golf fascists. That was great. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, now, Ardy's got a bit of a history with golf, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He was a, he was he a was champion a pro golfer when he was and a little Dev boy. And Dev was convinced he was the next Tiger Woods. Yeah. So he knows all about the golf club. Um, Ger- Curtis says, I'll let Dev see the... F- I'll let you see the final shot. Um, now, I have worked... In my in my magazine, I work some quite often with people who send in photos. And I have to take great pains to make sure that they're happy with the picture and sometimes if I can tell that they're a bit flighty or concerned I will let them see what it looks like before I print it because the last thing you want is for them to come to you after it's already gone on sale and start complaining about something so Curtis this is a hint in retrospect well, uh, uh, <laughs> Curtis is a bit everybody... of an amateur I mean I assume Curtis is a bit of a, as far as I know this could be like it could be a naked r- calendar number 10 or something yeah. that he's but on. do you see what I mean like it, if you were in charge of a naked calendar shoot, wouldn't you let your subjects have final approval on the pictures that you? Yeah, used? but you know it's it's it's. But that's it's no July, way... Gemma. It's time to buy your calendar soon. You've got this to get these to the saying, printer by the weekend. I know. I had my first press release for Christmas about two weeks ago. Yeah. Um. So it is actually time to do Christmas things, but it I'm not is, sure but, that you but have these to little rush. local ones. I'm not sure you have to rush through your. You could print probably job. get this out in December, and it'd be okay. And can I also add as well? I mean. Um, they're all panicking here, but when you print things, if they're staple bound, which I assume this is going to be a staple bound, why would it not be a staple bound calendar? Each page is four is four parts, so you just would have to reprint the four bit the the page, which is four pages. Which I mean, so wise in the way of printing. I'm publisher. not really explaining it properly, but you don't have to reprint the whole thing. You just it would cost a load of money. I said a rude word. It would cost a load of money to get the page out and put a different page in, but it's not completely impossible, considering the fact that it looks like Dev has got his balls out in it, which I think is problematic. As again. To start with, this is this is a memorial calendar for a dead child. And secondly, now we've got <laughs> a, a man's hairy balls, perhaps, on full it's display. It's just a particularly hairy kiwi. We have a fantastic scene when Ardy opens Dev's calendar photo, which Curtis has emailed across. And he's looking at it going, actually, you know what? I was going to wind you up and say it looked awful, but it looks pretty good. Hang on a minute. I think I can see your dingleberries. And he zooms in and Dev's like, it's just a kiwi. 
<laughs> he says it much better than that. And they realise that... Like, turn your head. And then like, they both tilt their heads to the right, yeah, don't they? He's like, like, oh, I remember that Kiwi. I recognise this, particularly hairy. And um, that was a brilliant scene. And that you can always tell by the two when it's a good performance rather than a good line because you can't repeat yeah. the joke. Yeah. Or, um, you have to have watched it to get how funny they were. So... They can tell that it's it's not he's not got his balls out, but it does look like he does. So Dev is panicking, rushes over, shows Emma and Curtis, and says, "You've got to stop them from printing this." Too late. They've already <laughs> they've already done it. And Curtis is on the phone in the back room of the bistro in the in the kitchen with Emma there, and he's like, "Ooh," kind of like swooning all over the place. Oh yeah, he gets a bit of big. As he's a, got an attack of the oopsie daisies. He does, doesn't he? he has a bit and of he's like, mini, "No, I'm fine. I just get thing. when I stress. I just think I'm gonna faint." And um, so you know why nobody asked you to do this, Curtis? Take on this particularly. Did you think this would be a walk in the park? It feels to me like you you're doing this to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Debbie's like, so he's like, "I'm fine." Then Emma sees Debbie and says, "Can I have a word with you about Curtis, please?" And it turns out that he, she's told Emma, he, she, Emma's told Debbie, Curtis has got this, this problem. And he's like, I just want to live a normal life. You've got to respect that. Yeah, so things so this, are left not so well between them again. Well, this was ah. done because this is not what he was saying at the beginning of the week. And if he just wants to, oh man, he's so inconsistent and ridiculous. He, but no, he doesn't want people to know about it, does he? So if she's going telling everybody, I mean, it was only Debbie, then that's going against... Because he, I guess he doesn't like the sympathy. He doesn't want people to well, know. He, he doesn't want... I'm perfectly happy to give him no sympathy whatsoever. So I don't know what he's worried about that for. But I do think, I understand... I understand that your medical conditions are your own private business. Yeah. And I don't want anybody to be forced to tell anybody anything. I think that's wrong. But at the same time, if I had an employee um, and I came into the kitchen, he was dead on the floor. I would have liked to have been warned beforehand that this <laughs> might happen at some point. <laughs> Anyway, this is why, can I just say, this is why I really like Curtis's condition because it's not, it doesn't seem real to me. They haven't said what it is, so I feel like I can it's make fun of it. fine to make him. fun of it, yeah. <laughs> um, like spontaneous combustion, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, spontaneous like, combustion. Nobody really has that, do um, they? That is real, Michael. Okay, I've seen pictures. I've not seen it on Curry yet, so. That would be awesome. Anyway, in the pub, Steve's having a jolly good laugh over Dev's Kiwi. Tim comes in. Steve's like, oh, look at this. And Tim thinks it's hilarious and he wants to like, send it to Sally. And then he's really mad when it turns out that, that Steve's, Steve's already, already said done it. And it, was, it. it really redeemed itself, the story at the end. It was funny. It, it did. I, I thought that it was a bit silly. I oh. mean, that they picked, they picked the right characters. Well, they picked the, the right character of Dev to be the main one, didn't they? So if they're going to have something that was ridiculously over-the-top, campy, um, panicky, yeah. De- Dev is Pan-toy. the person to do it. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, well played Mike Lavelle for also stepping in there. But I wonder whether they got all the actors that are involved. Like, right, we need we need two people to get naked on the shot. Who's it going to be? And maybe, and he stepped in there. Or was he told? I'd hated it. Yeah, I, I know. I think it's... Um, if I was an actor, I don't, I don't even, no, I know. You know, I don't I even like even, to wear shorts very often, let alone... I wouldn't even want to do kissing scenes, let alone take my kit off. I know, but we wouldn't, we wouldn't have got the job on the... But, you know, sometimes, if you're a female actress, you have to acknowledge that there are sometimes really important scenes, especially in films, where you have to be in the shower for like to demonstrate that you're thinking about something. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was, 
it was fine with Kevin, although the Abby's thing discovering him was a bit weird. A bit weird. I, I, worth it for her reaction afterwards, I suppose. So some of the characters had really great reactions to this. Like David, um, when he finds out, he's like, why, why on earth did everyone do this? It's just funny yeah. seeing some people thinking it was utterly ridiculous and some people well, all gone home for it. it. Um, who was the person that was... Um, uh, there, oh, it was De- Debbie a... as well when she finds out that Kirk and Chesney have got a page together oh, she's and like, she's like you, you want people to, to buy that? this thing <laughs> so mean to be fair, they need to sell four grand's worth of these photos maybe it's an academic calendar and it starts in September oh yeah could be could be <laughs> so oh, go to what he's going to wait outside the school gates on the last Ego day of kids. term or something <laughs> They're going to get arrested. Emma says that she's they, they're going to put like a little smiley face sticker over them or, over oh, I loved, or something. I loved all Emma's um, attempts to try and solve it. Her other one was saying put a parental advisory sticker on the front or something. She's just kind of trying to come up with these little solutions. To be it? honest... She was so sweet this week. If if it got out that this calendar had um, an, an unfortunately placed kiwi, I think they would sell more. Oh, yeah. But if it got out on social media and like they could drum up so much so much business for it the thing is they De- could be really sneaky and Dev doesn't want them to do this but they Dev, could be really Dev's sp- worried that he's going to have his photo uploaded to the same site that Ashes was taken up to and you know all oh the drama God. that that took and how like well he can get it off the internet it's just a load of money <laughs> he's probably mates with the, with the site people now because he managed to get into, did he get him to take it down I don't know or is Asher still online this, is, is this a little bit you know bad taste having a naked calendar shoot after what happened with Asher just last year she's this been absent exactly... throughout the whole of this hasn't she we've not seen uh, Asher well, yeah, for a while well yeah I mean this is exactly what I mean it's kind of ridiculous you can just imagine um, Asher going oh what's that do you think nudity is funny do you yeah do you think it's just a big old joke yeah I wonder she should, she should really be in there Anyway, I don't know. It it, it was kind of funny. It, it, I, I agree with Golf Club Man that it is a little bit old hat, a little it bit nineties. Well, that's Corey all over. Yeah, it's been done before in other soaps as well. But and it's always it could a it big, could have been a lot joke. Could could have been a lot worse. And at least they weren't stripping by, this by time. Devin, uh, I find that incredibly ridiculous. Um, and then the the Curtis stuff. We kind of said all we had to say about that. Really, I think I. I, 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 I mean, do you mind the relationship? Do you think that they're good together? Forget about him and his inconsistencies with his diagnosis and everything. Didn't you? Didn't you kind of feel a bit of a bit of warm fuzziness when they were having nice times together? Do you, is there a potential there? I just see a void. A void. There's nothing there. I just wish that they'd left it a little bit longer to reveal his dark secret because that's that seems to be, you know, he was brought in with a dark secret. No, bring him in, get him to know Emma, and then a little bit later maybe reveal the secret if if you absolutely have to. But he's just issues boy now. They've just forgotten to give him a personality because they thought, oh, well, plot personality, plot personality. Which yeah, exactly. Boy. I mean, he's he's nice. He's He seems like nice. he's the sort of guy that's good for Emma. I want, I want Emma to end up... I don't want her to end up with a bad guy. But it does mean put, there's, there's the inevitability of um, her having yet more tragedy and more tears, which... She, Ali Mardell is very good at, but I do prefer her in with the comedy. Obviously, I mean, she did get to see a little bit of this week. I mean, this is the thing. Do you do you think he's going to die? Is it going to be a bit of a damp squib if he doesn't? And if if he does, I'd kind of like it to be 
At not, Christmas? No. I want it to be completely unexpected. I want it to be, like, not in the press. I want it to be not at some kind of... In the middle of some heated argument between them. I don't want there to be a big build-up. I don't want him to go around telling everybody how much he loves them at the beginning of the episode so you feel <laughs> that something tragic's going to happen. Literally, just random scene, drop dead. Because that's the whole thing about it, isn't it? Sudden death, it could happen at any moment. Do not telegraph Curtis's death coronation street. If he does die at all. If, if he does die at all. But if he doesn't, it's a bit like, oh, it's a bit of a shame. I, yeah, I don't, if, he, if, I don't... he goes, if he says something like, oh, Emma, I've just had a phone call from the doctor and they think they know what it is and they can cure it really easily. <laughs> they just have to install like a valve in my heart and it'll be fine. And then she goes, oh, great, I'll just go get the taxi. And then she comes back and he's dead on the floor. I don't know. I, I just feel like he need, they just need to be having in in the pub or something. And a big unannounced twist could be quite good for them. It's not really a twist, is it? Well, you know. Die with fatal like heart condition, dies with fatal heart but condition. It, it does put Tell you in... what would be unexpected, what? if he gets run over by a car. Yes, that would be, wouldn't it? Because we're all thinking then, this, he's going he's gonna to drop yeah. dead. And then they're but... like, right, now we can definitely get speed bumps put in. <laughs> so thank you, Curtis. Um, this is... This, um, put us in mind of Michael Rodwell this week, didn't yes, it? it? Because did. he obviously had his, his dicky ticker a couple of years ago. And at the time we were like, oh no, well, it's going to be... When we did the character profile... Because um, we re-uploaded that to YouTube it, this The thing week, about we? his story, about him having this heart condition, was that it was actually quite clever and it was woven into the story and it was significant other than, oh, it's really sad and tragic, isn't it? Because he had this heart condition and he had a son who inherited that heart condition, but he didn't realise that Gavin was not the son that he thought it was because Andy was his other, his fake son. Yeah, yeah, that's So um, he was worried about passing this on to his child and then Gavin actually did die of it. Mm. And when we did the record, when we recorded a character profile of Michael, it was a few days before they announced that he was going to leave the the show. Mm. Um, And I said, oh, this heart condition is probably going to be one of these annoying things that they just forget about completely or he just dies. I was always worried. So so the other the only other person who's who's been in the show that we I can remember who's had this a heart condition has been Michael Wardwell, who died of a heart attack. Um, and Pat Feeling watched him die. Yeah. So, so but the, but with Michael, does this we, mean we're going to we get were a new serial like killer? really invested in that character and his relationship with Gail before they brought that into the show. Yeah, that's the difference. He found out, and that I he feel had like we that they've barely been together. They've hardly yeah. had any scenes together, Emma and Curtis. And now it's like, don't worry about that. Look, here's a medical drama. So. It feels to me like I'm going to have the same kind of feeling and opinion towards Curtis as I do towards like a hamster like when you get a hamster you know it's got like three years tops don't get too attached to it it's only little it's gonna and it's boring just like Curtis it's dull but beautiful but it's all right to have around and you watch it you know running about like he does thinking it's doing a good job and sticking stuff in its gob I just think yeah when we see Curtis and Emma now it's all going to be it's all going to be tinged with oh but it's so tragic and poignant and bittersweet and everything rather than oh they're a nice couple actually but anyway I might be proved wrong I don't mind him as much as you do it was okay Um, there's nothing really to mind about him isn't there there's nothing there it's just literally blank well knowing what Coronation Street are like we're probably not going to see any of Emma and Curtis now for the next six months or maybe give it a couple of years and they'll either split up or we'll drop dead because they're not very good at couples on Coronation Street. Well, sometimes Coronation Street announces when actors have renewed their contracts and sometimes they don't. 
So I would hope that it would be prudent were they to consider Curtis to be a long-term character to keep his contract renewal information a bit discreet. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I don't know whether he's a long-term or not. And but same... the thing is, like, because they haven't said what this heart condition is... Um, it's perfectly possible that they could at some point decide, oh, this is really working out, Curtis is a really great character. Yeah, maybe. Lots of people like him. I understand, I, you know, I, I get that he seems to be more popular for everyone else than he is than me. Um, yeah, if they think he's working out, they could just be like, oh, guess what? Dr. Schmitz came and cured him. Oh, Dr. Schmitz. Yeah, yeah. I need to he's get like, over. He's like, oh, sorry, I need to... Re- I need to um, uh, was to redeem myself. I feel really bad about the other one that died. I just, you know, he said he said he was fine, and I was like, okay, I come cure him. And then the next minute, I was dead. So anyway, new heart for you. Right. Um, next story. Speaking of blossoming romances, um, feel the love, Phil. Now, interestingly, I do really quite like Phil at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've I'm really pretty invested in him. Yet I don't see Phil. I don't see Phil as a long-term character at all. He no. he is very much a, a, a storyline. He really reminds me he's of, a, yeah. He's a plot point, isn't he? He's someone to get, you know, ties hackles up. Um, but I, I've, I've really been enjoying watching him with Viz this week. I wasn't too sure last week, but he seems lovely today. He reminds me of Jan in that the relationship between him and his girl. Eileen. Yeah, Eileen and Fizz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is too good for the show, and it would be... There's like, sorry, this is a this is a soap. You can't be together and be happy. So we just have to get rid of you. You're not going to be around for very long. Yeah. Because we have to tell tragedy. Well, let's. What tales. what happened with them this week then? So um, Monday, we were kind of left with the the fact that Tyrone wanted to get his side of the story in the press. So he's writing his own reaction piece for the Gazette. But well, he's getting ready for the photo shoot, obviously. And Kevin says that you just need to let the matter drop. You're not going to come out of this looking good. Everyone's going to read it and say this person's just trying to get our sympathy. But he was the one that left his missus. Um, Kev says, just leave it, Tyrone. There's certain things that you just cannot really defend because they're based on feelings. Yeah, it's absolutely. So Fizz um, goes to have another meet with, meeting with Chris, the, the journalist, says, oh, yeah, I know we were trying to keep it anonymous and everything, but yeah, everybody pretty much figured out that it was about me. But she doesn't mind, though. Um, plus, it got her a date, too, so it's not all bad. Chris wants to write a follow-up article, but Fizz has got no interest in kicking Tyrone while he's down, not even for a fee. Um, taking the high road there. Um, although, I mean, it's, once the damage is done, this is another I one know, where, like the, the, way where, the, like... where the, the Fizz haters are like, oh yeah, you say that now, yeah. but... I've got more revenge now. There's no need to get paid for it as well. She, she probably should have known that people were going to guess, to be fair, shouldn't she? Well, I mean, the details probably... Yeah, yeah, it was a bit obvious. But she, she's been spurned. She was she was tempted by the uh, by the sweet words of Chris the journalist. I really think this this has just inspired me. I think I need to pick up a local pe- paper. See what's in it, yeah. Because whenever I look at the local um, paper, is the Daily Echo, Southern Daily Echo. It's always stuff like you know moaning about the docks or saying that this the the everybody hates the um the cycle lanes that have been put in or something about um, somebody got stabbed to death or there was a fire. It's never like, oh, read about this salacious love story (laughs) where this horrible man dumped his 
girlfriend. No, it's not, is it? Where's all that gossip in the... <laughs> like, remember when I, when I did... When I worked on it, it was all about bloody Steve Dawes and the mayor's parlour, finding out the mayor's parlour to find out what the mayor was going to be doing next week or mm. something. Um, so Tyrone, Tyrone, at the end of the episode, is in the pub with Kevin and he reads out what he's written and Kevin again says, it, this just comes across as you badmouth and fizz. Let it lie. Be the bigger man with this. And then, and just say no. So Wednesday, Fizz tells Evelyn she's got this date with Phil later. Evelyn's quite supportive of this. Um, then Chris texts Fizz to say, Tyrone's trying to tout his story to me here. And Fizz is, is, is fuming because of how cheeky Tyrone is, thinking he can, um, he can get one over her with his own story. So she stops all over to the, the garage, I assume, I can't remember, and, and asks him about this story. And he says, look, I'm not actually going to do it. I'm not exactly Wayne Wordsworth. Um, so that's all okay. But um, Alina is not happy to find out that Tyrone's dropped the article. She thinks that he should write it. She says, if you love me, why wouldn't you? I can't do it as well as you, Gemma. I'm sorry. <laughs> he says, no, our relationship is private. Plus, I don't want to hurt the kids. And she's all pouty. So I thought it was quite nice at this point to see that Tyrone was being the bigger man. He was a bit, I suppose I've used that phrase now. He was being more mature, wasn't he? I think he he was all for writing it before, and I think maybe the words that Kevin have said have made him realise. But um, yeah, Alina is yet again coming across as a very immature. Um, she wants to stick the boot in basically because she's had her name dragged through. Well, the she's mud. a bit suspicious now that he is not taking her seriously. Yeah, and he she she's she thinks insecure. that he, yeah she thinks that he's. Um, Still taking Fizz's side, yeah, about yeah. what Fizz thinks. Yeah, when it it really is the girls, I think that Tyrone is most concerned but this about. This is the thing as well. Um, she's gonna have to. She needs to remember that for the rest of his life, Tyrone is going to have these daughters, and he's going to love them more than he loves Alina. Mm. And I don't know that she has come to terms with that particularly because obviously it's a different story when you're, it's your child too. Yeah, yeah. And you're, or, you know, and the, the mother isn't in the picture. Mm, yeah. And I don't think she's really thought that bit through and she's letting it make her jealous. And it's obviously a natural reaction, isn't it? Mm, mm. I wouldn't like to be in this situation. Yeah. That's There's... why I'm sticking with you. Oh, you know? thanks. Just don't like it. She there, there's a, a another scene in the pub that I didn't think it was particularly necessary. Later, when um, Evelyn and Tyrone are having a bit of a, a face off, aren't they? He he tries to dry it, buy her a drink, and she doesn't want any of it. Or she says, "I'll have it next time I'm in." Thank you, Jenny, and clops off because I've got to go babysitting now um, for Fizz. But it's nothing to do with you, actually, Tyrone. Where well, he's she's like, "Where's going. she going? Where's she going?" Yeah, he still he still wants to know everything about it because he is. Definitely, yeah, he is a bit insecure about this. I don't get why Evelyn's suddenly mad. I thought she was at least talking to Tyrone. She's suddenly not got been on the mad best at him, terms. hasn't she? Yeah. Um, so, date time, Phil and Fizz. Um, they go to speed dial, don't they? She's all nervous and babbly, but it is, it's all kind of sweet. It seems to be going well. He's fairly tame. He doesn't like his curries hot, we find out. And then Tyrone comes in to kind of scope it out and he buys the... The spiciest, like, What's your hottest curry? spiciest curry out there, and, just to and show what Yasmin a big man he is. Says, well, you've, again. you've lived here. This has been open now for how many many years? Many years, and you always get the vindaloo. Yeah, and we know as a nation, we have a song about vindaloo. Culturally, I Got think I'm kind final. of worried that you don't know that vindaloo 
is the hottest. I mean, what do you normally have <laughs> at this place? Um, so Friday is when it probably kicks off. She's got another date, Fizz, as um, they go into this bistro later. Um, she wants... Um, Tyrone to go and ba- to come around and babysit the kids, but Tyrone can't because he's also booked a restaurant together. And then they I get into a bit of a spat one. about it. And Fizz is like, "Well, just because you booked yours first, it doesn't mean that you necessarily get to go there." But um, so Tyrone ends up having to relent and um, get Evelyn to babysit. So they're both free to go out on their date. And you're right, is bit of a coincidence they ended up at the same place. So for the second, this is what happens when there's only two restaurants and a hotel. Yeah, that anyone ever goes to. Episode in a row, they both end up at the same restaurant. It's like they they they've got this magnetism, isn't it's it? It's like they should stop spending all their money on eating out. <laughs> um, Hope's in a mood with Tyrone in the cafe later. She starts having a bit of a needle with him about the fact that Fizz and Phil are getting on really well, which winds him right up. She says, "Oh, maybe having another daddy wouldn't be too bad." I he really like like that. I really really like Tyrone being confronted with a bit of a taste of his own medicine here because all the way through he's sort of been insisting that he never meant to hurt Fizz and she really needs to get on get over it and uh, the relationship's over and now he's with Alina and that's the end of that. No more questions. It doesn't really matter what um, Fizz thinks about it. They weren't trying to hurt her, etc, etc. Now Fizz has got a boyfriend. Suddenly he can't stop obsessing over it and mm. getting mad about it <laughs> like well, it, what did you like okay well same to you you know mind your own business yeah um he, he's he's very jealous that phil's yeah, gonna exactly. jump in there and be the new daddy and alina says look it's natural that you're gonna think that because it seemed like today she was being the more mature one and he was being the child there's a bit of a role yeah. reversal for those two compared to the wednesday episode um so anyway, the bistro time, Alina and Tyrone turn up, Fizz and Phil are already there. It sounds like, whenever I say Fizz and Phil, it sounds like, you know, Fizz and Fern, or uh, Phil and Fern, doesn't it? Yeah, it sounds it does, like they should yeah. be presenting daytime TV or something. Um, if Fizz is having a whale of a time and Tyrone is getting wound up throughout the yeah. meal because she keeps, well, he calls her a horse laugher or something, doesn't it? Doesn't she's, yeah. just she's just sitting there and going, <laughs> But she she's lit she's not doing it on purpose to wind Tyrone up, is she? But well, he's convinced that he that she's doing it to just and also, yeah, make him jealous. He gets drunk because he orders champagne and he's the only one that can drink it because Alina's pregnant. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um so he he's ha- he has a rotten time and, and, and Alina there is just totally fed up that his he's Oh what no. What's that? That means I've got, got to take my pill. Off. You get for your foot pill. Yeah. Um yeah, so yeah, uh, Alina's there. You you're paying more attention to Fizz than you are me. This isn't fair she ends up going home early um leaving uh, tyrone to pay the bill sadly for him his card gets declined um fizz is off in the loo later and phil comes over to tyrone and says look, look mate don't worry I'll, i've already paid it's fine maybe we can settle it up later i think and, t- and tyrone is incensed he's totally um bladdered at this point he's getting in, uh, sort of leerier and leerier by the minute and he's like, oh, you should, it's not down to you to pay for me. Oh, just You think you're so great, don't you, Mr. Perfect? He goes to punch Phil and uh, completely misses because he's so, um, he's so uh, plastered. Phil ends up um, falling onto the... He, he kind of ducks out the way and ends up breaking a glass, doesn't he? I wonder whether he'd cut his hand or something. But They really zoomed in on that. Like he, like he was going to be... He's going to secretly turn out to be the alien from Alien and like his his our blood was acid and it started eating through the table and then he's... Oh, I thought it was going to be a secret haemophiliac, but your idea turns is to maybe Fizz better. Turns to Fizz and goes, Fizz, I've got a dark secret I wasn't going to tell <laughs> no, you. I'm a xenomorph. This is the great thing about <laughs> Phil so far. He is... He's no, no drama, nonsense, No Phil. drama, no, yeah, he's just a nice, decent bloke for a That's why he should run a mile. 
Yeah, yeah, before the living on the street corrupts him. Um, so uh, they, they, it kind of spills out onto the street, this argument. Um, Phil's still saying, look, don't worry about it, it's fine. Um, Fizz finds out about what's happened because he's tried, yeah, he's tried to pay and, and his car's been getting declined and everything. Um, yeah, Phil's, Tyrone, apologize, Ty, yeah. Phil's apologising to Tyrone saying, look, sorry if I came across a bit condescending, I didn't mean to. Um, and this is when Craig... <laughs> sorry if I came across a bit condescending. That's the same as patronising, <laughs> in case you want. It's where somebody sort of makes you feel inadequate, Tyrone. Do you want me to define it any further? <laughs> then Craig comes over for his little cameo for the week. I thought that at this point Tyrone would start saying, oh, you gingers, you all stick together. <laughs> but he, he thinks that Phil's um, dobbed him in and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, arrest me whatever um but craig's like oh, i'm just walking past i'm not on duty or anything while all this is going on alina is at the end of the street spying on it from a distance um in the end tyrone gives up heads over to the shop because he's like i'm gonna buy me and alina a chocolate bar so, i know he's gonna buy a boost she likes boosts apparently yeah death doesn't stock them why would you not stop boosts explain awesome. to people who don't aren't lucky enough to live in this country i don't really know what a boost is it's like a chocolatey biscuity cab- thing with it, a caramel around the outside it yeah it's cabri it's cabri it's like this nice soft nougaty chocolatey biscuity thing in the middle right caramel around the outside that and then your, your chocolate around the outside of that very, very nice. I used to like them, but recently they taste like coffee to me. No, I thought that was double decade you said tastes like coffee. Oh, maybe yes. I'm getting confused. All right, yes. hang on. Boots anyway, are lovely. Um, but he says, I'm going to go to the garage to get one. Well, he went to the garage to get one. I assume he didn't mean his own garage, but the actual car, ga- uh, you know, petrol garage. So he staggers home, um, three sheets to the wind at the end of the episode. Alina is not at all impressed with the state that he's come home in. The fact that she's seen Fees and Phil arguing and <laughs> um, Tyrone sleeping on the sofa tonight because he's still holding the handle for Fizz. If, if this is bugging him as much as it clearly is, maybe you don't love me, Tyrone, as much as you say you do. Whereas over at um, Fizz's house, everything's going swimmingly for them. She's like, oh, I had a really nice time, but I understand if you think this is too much drama. And he's like, no, I, this is fine. I, if I got through tonight, then the rest is going to be plain sailing. So all, all going well for those two, and Tyrone is in the doghouse. I thought it was a lot of fun, This the, the, that story. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. More of a fan of Phil than Curtis? Oh, God, a million times. I mean, I, I don't know what it is, because Phil also doesn't have a mega personality, does he? He's, no. He's just token he's got, like, a nice laugh. guy. Like, he is nice, but he's a bit, you know, he's a bit, a bit spunky with it. Like, Curtis is just so... Uh, he just comes Basic across... Basic and boring. and I can't imagine him making a joke. Like, at least Curtis was like going, hey, look at this, look at this idiot, ordering a vindaloo. Hate people like that. Um, they think they're so cool because they're just ordering hot food. Can you imagine Curtis having an opinion even on curry? No, I can't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it, there's just there's, there's something like that, something about them, but I don't know. I still, still scope for changing my mind on Curtis. Um, I, I loved watching drunk Tyrone this week. I thought when he was getting really leery and everyone, that Alan Helsel's performance was fantastic. It wasn't like comedy drunk the same way as Jenny Bradley comedy drunk or anything but he was just getting really big for his boots and kind of swaggering his shoulders about and um uh, yeah hilarious stuff um don't feel sorry for him particularly um do we do do you think it's um do do you think it's inevitable that Fizz and Phil are doomed because I can't think what it would be that would Break them up. Break them up because they do seem pretty perfect for each other, apart from that. But um, 
Well, I mean, they're, they are doomed because he's just moved into a new flat, so presumably he signed a lease for 12 months. Oh, yeah. And um, he's, he's not moving into Coronation Street anytime move. soon, is he? No, no. Well, maybe um, that's where they're going to end up when um, <laughs> when uh, they inevitably get kicked out of the house by... Maybe. Oh, here comes our here cat. Comes the cat. Quick, don't mention her name. Let's take your collar off, Abby. Oh, what did you say that for? Oh, no, I just said her name literally. I said don't mention her. <laughs> you did? But there's a little clue for anybody oh that um, hasn't entered the conversation. That was a bit yet. of a don't tell him Pike moment. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Did you it? do that on purpose? I, I literally, I didn't do that on purpose. You stupid no, you idiot. Collars off, no more jingling. Here's the question. Don't come and sit on me because I'm bloody sweltering right, at the listen, moment. I've got a laptop on my lap, I am hot. Here's the question of the, of the week. What? What is the difference between champagne and Prosecco and can you tell the difference? Oh, yeah, this is the thing that Fizz and Phil, I've got no idea, both. Well, I mean, the only difference is that Prosecco, I mean, um, Champagne is only from Champagne in France. Oh, and anything yeah, else. Of course, it's the region, isn't it? So I want to know here's my question. What about Spumante? Why don't people drink more of that? That's too highbrow for me. I don't know what you're talking about. Spumante is just Italian sparkling wine, yeah. and that's the one I always get because it makes me laugh because it sounds a bit rude. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, good, good. So I was, I was starting to feel like the story line was wearing on me before this week. But I what, think the Alina and yeah, yeah, it started off really, really well back, you know, whenever it was, two, three, four months ago. But um, yeah, I, 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 it's been declining in recent weeks. But yeah, right back on there now, thanks to some great performances and lovely Phil. Um, on to the shorter stories now, really. So, Nick and Sam, Gemma, what's been going on in the high sun protection factor story? Um, well, um, Natasha has... Natasha, you said that she's blown hot and cold, didn't you? Yeah. You're boning about her. I've got to move my foot. I'm really sorry. Okay, I'm really for one minute she's like, oh, you're never going to see my son again. Then it's like, can you look after him for a week? Oh, no, as long she's as... like, it's all, she's all full Just of don't her. get him shot and then we'll she's be fine. She's moaning about, oh, you can't... You're you're such a bad influence. You'll never see him again. And then she's like, "Damn it, I've free babysitter." Um, yeah, has she got literally no more friends? That's she hasn't got any friends. Know. She hasn't got her own family. What's happened to her parents? I don't know. Like tragic Sam's gran and granddad yeah. on the other side had tragically got blown up in a boating accident or something. Yeah. Anyway, she's like, "Oh yeah, I remember. I've told you about four times now. You'll never see your son again. But can you look after him for a week?" <laughs> I think the last time we saw her, she was, you know, more like you can see him again sometimes. But even so. Ooh. Sorry, I'm trying to... Gemma is really rearranging herself at the moment. Okay. I've got a, I've got a foot I don't in. know if this is going to work. Okay, we'll, we'll, keep, we'll keep getting it. It's all right, we'll see how it goes. Ow, ow, it really hurts. Um, Sam arrived and he's got rocket posters because he's going to move in. He's moving in properly and Two he's going to take over... Ollie's room. Oliver's room. And Nick's really excited... Um, he's already bought the blender last week, so <laughs> what's he going to blow his money on this time? Sam, Sam, I've bought you an air fryer. <laughs> um, Leanne comes home and Sam senses that he's not, she's not really pleased about the fact that he's put these posters up in Oliver's room. So she has a shower. I don't know why you've written this. <laughs> it's not related to anything. Very she apologises. She's like, sorry, Sam. Um, you can do what you want with that room because you're part of the family. This week's story was all about Leanne... Getting over it. Yeah, but he has his getting over it, isn't it? <laughs> move on, Leanne. Ollie died on. months ago. Yeah, exactly. So, um, she's like, sorry about that, um, Sam. And then Nick and Leanne, um, she says, Nick, look, I am really actually fine with it. Um, 
Sam has filled the room with laughter and life, and now it feels more like Oliver's room than it has in a while. Aww. I mean, I don't want to slam Oliver, but he wasn't exactly the life and soul of the party, <laughs> was he? Especially not in his final uh, month. No, no, that's not what I was referring to, you know. <laughs> On Wednesday, Nick is planning to stay in and play chess with Sam. <laughs> He's so excited about it. He's, he's mega excited on Monday's episode. He's the opportunity to have Sam there for a week. Um, Leanne reckons... Well, this is Wednesday's episode. Yeah. Leanne's like, don't you think he should go out and play with his cousins and, like, get outside? And Nick's like, no, I shan't let him out of my sight. Um, they come back later. I don't know where they've been, how they've played chess, but Sam says... No, they, they, yeah, they went out <laughs> to the Red Wreck, I they think. They did go out in the end, and, and he's fallen over and hurt his knee. Do you Nick, feel a kinship you've, you've with written, Sam? Nick's overreacting, and Leanne certainly seemed to think that he was. But I agree with Nick here. This is emergency. Elevate the limb. Apply antiseptic cream. <laughs> put a plaster <laughs> on it. Phone the um, walk-in clinic and take him down, because this could end up... He could get sepsis and die. Yeah, just ask Kevin about that. Exactly. The answer, like, it was really funny and sweet because Nick was like, oh my God, oh my God. He's just like... Is, is he more worried about Sam or is he worried what Natasha will say when she comes back and finds well, like her he, bloodied son? Like he's broken a vase and he's quite... Quickly, Anne, we must get the glue. Yeah. Um, this is really sweet because this is obviously... It is weird though because Nick's been responsible for children before. But it's like... He suddenly... Uh, he knows he's in the last chance saloon with this one. This is his chance to prove to Natasha that he is a capable father and he he can look after Sam for you know a couple of days without him being um, shot down by a mad gunman. To be fair, also, if I was Natasha and I came in and I asked Nick to look after my kid and it's Sam and I come round and he's got a skinned knee, I'd be like... What have you done? This kid likes looking through telescopes and playing chess. How has he got... <laughs> has he hurt his knee? What have you done with him? It's that newfound love of football since getting locked in the back of Debbie um, Sharon's van, he isn't it? He must have loved the Euros. Oh, yeah. Um, so, they're all... They're talking and Nick's like, kid's my kid. And then Nick... Sam has snuck out onto the balcony where he sits with a pair of binoculars... He, he's list, he's the watching the planes, afternoon. isn't he? He's got. He's, I think he's listening into the air traffic control or something. <laughs> Such a weird kid. Watching I the planes it. coming off from Manchester Airport. Nick panics because he doesn't know where Sam is. He goes out of the house immediately looking for him. And then Leanne finds him panicking. And she's like, look, he was not going to go far. And then we keep cutting between uh, Nick frantically searching and Sam on the balcony, like he's at the blooming Ascot with his binoculars, just sitting there enjoying the view. Um, later, David's joined in looking and Leanne phones up and she says, oh, I found him. And Nick, you said this when we watched it. You're like, you didn't even ask where he found him. No, she like, didn't. Oh, good. didn't. And it, and we see that we cut to a scene of <laughs> Sam sitting on the balcony and Leanne standing underneath looking up at him going, Hi Sam and she's like, Yeah, yeah, he's here. <laughs> I didn't really feel the drama on this because we knew where he was. It, what was it last year when um was it like Lily went missing for a while or something and we didn't get and the kid wasn't even in the episode. Yeah. And they worried that she'd fallen down the sinkhole. But we... <laughs> we would be so lucky. <laughs> um so yeah, he's fine. They so Sam and Leanne, or is this Nick and Leanne, talk about the fact that Nick's overreacting. It must be Nick and Leanne, and the fact what's happened to Oliver is affecting how he's treating Sam. I think they were all involved in the conversation. Yeah, 
So basically. Leanne's getting a bit teary over dinner and and Nick admits that he's finding it difficult um, because it's all reminding him of Oliver as well. And yeah, they're all, all happy and sad also, because yeah. it's like when you get a new dog. Oh, Ollie. But do you remember the last one? <laughs> Glad you made yourself laugh there. <laughs> what happened on Friday? Um, Sam has gone back home and the house is quiet. And Leanne's like, oh, you know what? I've really enjoyed Sam being here. I'd happily have him over any time during the, during the holiday. And I think this is where Nick brings up the fact that we, they've been asked to look after him for weeks on end, which he hadn't, didn't seem to have said before. Then Toya rings uh, Leanne, well, asks, messages uh, Leanne, come around for a drink. And she's like, nah, I don't want to. I've got my tracky bottoms on. Like, look, Leanne, what reputation are you protecting here? Everybody knows you're a drug addict, lady of the night. You think that they're going to judge you for wearing tracky bottoms, going around your sister's house? <laughs> Nick's like, just go. Just go around there. So, I think Toya was in on this. It, yeah, it I wasn't, wasn't sure. If it, if it was, they didn't make it didn't as make obvious it as need to be. So, she, she, um, Nick's, Nick's saying, I'm doing some they? kind of surprise. I'll tell you what it is later. So, Leanne goes around to Toya's house. They have a drink and Toya's moaning about um, R. Kelly's mum. And then Leanne says, oh, Nick's just texted me. So my surprise is outside. And Toya's like, oh, really? Like that. Mm. Um, then it turns out it's the other <laughs> just set. Just the hotel. Just the third place you can go out for a fairly nice meal. It's the hotel. It's, what's it called? Court. Square. Chariot Square. Chariot Square. That's the um, one. What a treat. The dodgy hotel with a collapsing roof. Yes, it's all fixed now. It's fine. Um, and they've got wine and, and a room. <laughs> They had a nice, it, that, okay, nice and sweet. It was, it was lovely. Leanne gave a proper nice smile. Yeah. It feels like everything's okay with the world. It the drugs does, stuff oh, is over. You haven't written this, but I think Nick says, let's just take summer off and go travelling and have fun. Oh, okay. I missed that. And I and um, so perhaps we won't see. Yeah. Still waiting for Natasha to drop dead. For a while. It was a, it was a nice little mini conclusion to the story. I, and, I, I um, enjoyed... and Leanne's like, yes, I'll take time off of my job and uh, I'll get people to cover me when I am not able to do the uh, my she, work. She I doesn't do have a, does she have a job? The stuff that I do, I'm that? sure I, I can remember. explain what it is and Imran won't mind. Maybe maybe she's learned from Toya. This is how you get promotions by just being really shady about whatever it is you do, and then one of these days you'll get a promotion. Leanne and Leanne and Toya are the creeds of Coronation Street, where yeah. they don't even know themselves what the job is, but they've managed to keep going in every day and getting paid. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm enjoying the family setup of those three. It's nice that Leanne has is learning to like Sam. I think they could be quite nice together. Well, you know, she likes adopting stray children, so... Yeah. I thought that the... um the, do worse than Sam. I thought that the search storyline might have been a little bit more interesting if Sam had actually got into a bit more danger while he's Nick already, was... he's always getting into danger. I suppose. I'm bored of him getting into danger. He just needs to... I mean, for a child that's into chess and astronomy, he seems to be involved with gangs, drugs and kidnapping quite a lot. <laughs> Fine. Um, can I just say that thank you for Coronation Street for giving the uh, the Games Master reference. What's his name? Patrick? Stuart? No. Swayze? No. <laughs> Matt no. Ross? What the hell? What was his name? Patrick uh. Stargazer. <laughs> I'm just going to look it up. Anyway. Patrick. They, they just had a nice reference. It was a game show when I was growing up. A little bit, little bit younger I than Nick. I need to plug my phone. Anyway. In. 
Um, Kelly and Jaylee. So this, um, Toya gives a bit of a hint to this storyline, didn't she? Um, you said that she's having a moan about uh, Laura um, Nealon because she's back on the scene. She's in the pub with Imran on Wednesday. She wants to find out. Have you found out yet? <laughs> I'm just she, laughing. She wants to find out about Kelly's case because remember, Kelly got banged up about two, three Patrick months Moore. ago. More, exactly. I giggled. Patrick Astronomer. <laughs> um, yeah, she wants to know about Kelly's case, but there's no news, Imran says. They're just waiting to see if Kelly can get off on remand. And then uh, we find out that there's a cleaner's job going at the factory and Imran kind of pushes Leanne... Um, not Leanne. She'd never lower herself to that. <laughs> she um, she He pushes Laura sort of to, onto this job. I think Laura at the beginning doesn't realise it's a cleaner and then she realises beggars can't be choosers. So she is the latest in the line of Coronation Street characters that's just managed to walk into employment. Um, Sarah's a bit surprised to see Laura being shown around and she she kind of says to Carly you do realise she tried to get her claws into my Adam plus she's Kelly's mum and I was thinking what's that a reference to um, so I had to look this up and apparently last year Adam was kind of working with Kelly no sorry Adam was working with Laura to try and find out about what's going on with Rick Nealon because he hated Gary and then there was one scene in like August last year where um, Sarah walks in on um, Adam and Laura having a bit of a flirt and then that was the last that we saw of Laura for about you know, eight or nine months so um, you'd be forgiven if you forgot what that was referring to but it, it really I don't think it was anything that big no but I don't Sarah's not the sort of person to forgive and forget is she? that's very very true actually and it's another sort of um, example of her being mad about Carla taking over the boss's role I honestly can't believe right to me if I was Carla and she's like oh she flirted with my but my husband, I'd say, Sarah, that's irrelevant, nobody cares. Plus, she's Kelly's mum. Why is Sarah not going... Why is Colin not saying, oh, actually, this seems like a bit of a conflict of interest here because our top des- and only designer was brutally kicked and her boyfriend was, was yeah. murdered by the, by What's the daughter. What's Nina going to say next time she comes well, around for a presentation? Didn't Nina fire herself the other day and so she wasn't coming back? But I assume they actually need her to design knickers because they, nobody else can do it. Mm. People keep putting three leg holes in there. What am I doing wrong here, Nina? They're Save just called me. crotchless panties if you've got three holes. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so Laura's the new cleaner. No, it's, it's incredibly problematic that Carla's like, you know what, at the end of the day, a bog's a bog. Who cares whether she's the mother of a murderer? I need this floor cleaning right now. Yes. Um, Toya gets a bit suspicious when she hears later that Laura's visiting Kelly because Laura's heard from Sean, I think, was it, about Fizz um, and her article in the in the Gazette. And Sean kind of says, oh, I bet Fizz you know, earned Got a pretty penny money. for this. And Laura's like, hmm, money, eh? So she goes... I like that. She, yeah. So she goes over to the prison to give to pay Kelly her first visit and I don't know how long. She, and um, Ke- Kelly, she's she's not having a good time, is she? She's, she, she's not Kelly's, enjoying prison. Laura's a bit, a bit all excitedly telling her about her job and everything. And Laura's just, yeah, she's she's dead to the world. She's a bit nonplussed by it all. Well, she's, Laura, she's definitely struggling. Yeah, and Laura's going, oh, can you remember anything? Can you remember? And Kelly's like, I get flashbacks. Sometimes I remember. I remember what happened. And Kelly's like, um, I mean, Laura's like, mm, 
Hmm, money, money, money. Yeah, so she co- she contacts Chris, the journalist, who she needs, needs to set up camp in Coronation Street, the way things are going at the moment, and, um, and, and manages to get her way into having an interview with her in the factory at the end of the day. She stays behind cleaning for a little bit later. On Friday. On Friday, yeah. And um, she, we don't see particularly what she talks about, but she starts telling this Chris everything she knows about the... Um, about the murder and everything, and and Chris is like, oh, I think the Nationals might be interested in this, but of course, you you do realise that people might just be thinking you're after a bit of money, don't you? And, and Laura's like, no, no, of course not. Yeah, you will pay me, wouldn't you? No, no, no. How much? I thought it was quite funny. Yeah, it was. Um, and uh, but uh, then Chris has to be kind of shooed away at the end of it because Sarah comes back to the factory, so it's all kind of left hanging there. But the big question to me is, we have incredibly strict r- rules in this country about what you're allowed to report about a crime which is still being in, um, tried in the court. I don't think any of that applies to the Weatherfield Gazette. I don't Gazette. think that you would be able to to have any kind of... Well, you probably could ask... You probably could have some kind of um, interview with her, but it would be incredibly complicated. It's not quite as easy as they're making out. Well, Chris Chris does ask Laura, um, is Kelly OK with this? Does she know that you're it's speaking to It's nothing to do with me. whether Kelly, Kelly's OK with it, to be frank. It's the legally, there are... And I don't know much about it at all. I just remember when I when I have said this a bit a million times in this podcast, but I was um, in the press box for a murder trial in Winchester, where um, I remember the the journalist that was reporting on it, who I was with, had to keep phoning up the editor and asking all these questions about what can I say about this and what can I say about that. And when I read the report about what had happened in court having watched it with my own eyes, it really did not resemble anything that mm. happened. And the amount of times during the proceedings that the jury was asked to leave the room so that we could talk, that everyone could talk about things was ridiculous. And the other thing that was shocking about the whole thing was that it was a family who were on trial for murdering a man. And it, the reason they murdered him was because he was accused of, well, they thought, I don't know whether he was, they thought he was a paedophile that was preying on the daughter of the family. Mm. That wasn't allowed to be brought up because it was to do with a, another crime. All sounds so like it could be a turn into a bit of a complicated story. It sounds like the sort of thing that the Coronation Street writers just go, no, no, that's boring <laughs> real life nonsense. We're not going to have any of that. It would it really like... interest me, though, if if Chris was to turn around to Laura at some point and say, legally, I can't report any of this until the trial's over. And then, you know... Laura's like, curses! I, I enjoyed seeing that Laura is still a terrible mum. She is awful, isn't she? Yeah. And she really, I don't imagine she's a very good cleaner. Probably not, no. I mean, I don't, she, she doesn't come across the sort that, that does a lot of cleaning. Well, Sarah was, no, Sarah was um, inspecting the kitchen area when she came in. When um, Chris and uh, Laura oh, were she? finishing up, and she didn't look very impressed. Oh, okay. Well, nice that this storyline is warming up again because it feels like this has been on the back burner for a little while, hasn't it? The whole um, Nina Seb story. So maybe yeah, we'll get to see a little bit more of that in the next few weeks, I hope. I do like the fact that Laura is um, involved in this and throwing a few spanners in the works. Yeah. I I, I still I still don't like I don't love love Laura as a character. Oh, I don't like her at all. I found her more interesting this week. She's interesting, but just being a bit more. She's not a nice person. She reminds me a little bit of of Vicky. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. She's like a ne'er do well mum who's got an awful child. Yeah, yeah. Um, Vicky's in a tryst next, Gemma. Speaking of Vicky's, is a Vicar on Wednesday. Not Billy. Michael's going 
for you've written he's going to ask for a promotion but actually yeah there was a there was a um an opening and there were sales or something there was some kind of management thing and he goes to interview for it and grace calls him the man of her life and we both look at each other and go are they dating yeah we do because again it's been so long since this uh this couple these two have been in the show we're like yeah they're together or not but fortunately it was it became quickly apparent that no they are not well she, she talks to Danny to... about this yeah. because she she and Danny are now like the adopted children of the Bailey family always round there all the time yeah um she says I want to take things up a level with Michael but it's so busy and hard being a parent there's no room for romance you're not even going out with him love so what do you expect Michael's upset later because he didn't get the promotion. They all thought it was a shoo-in. Toya gets it. Well done, Toya. <laughs> Grace thinks that they should go out anyway um, to dinner with Danny and James. Um, then James reveals that he has been asked to do a magazine interview about coming out. And he wants to wait till the season starts because he wants to see how the fans are going to react to him before he commits himself to talking about this at any great length. Grace tries to get some time alone with Michael after the meal, but he's already invited um, James and Danny to the Rovers. Foiled again. So they go around there. On Friday, they're all worse for wear because they've been well, drinking. No, Michael's well, Michael's worse Ma- for wear. Michael Grace is, and yeah. Danny are fine. Yeah. And Grace, Seasoned drinkers, those two. Grace says, we should go and visit a nursery today anyway. James is still trying to decide whether or not to do an interview. And um, Grace is like, look, it's 2021. I can't believe this is even a thing. Do you know, I spoke to, I can't remember who's saying, her sister. And she didn't even believe me that there were no openly gay premiership footballers. Mm. And she could, she had to Google it to, like, realise, she didn't vogle it, um, to see whether it's true or not. Cause she thought it was a joke. Um, and and I really like this, because this is what um, James has said all along. He's like... Uh, Grace is saying, oh, you should be a role model. You should be a role model. And he, James is like, I don't want to be a role model. I, I want to play football. Football. I think this is true. I'm really glad that he's sticking to this because this is the thing that he was saying to Bethany all those months ago when she was telling him that was he it? had a responsibility to sort of pioneer and like fly the flag for all the other gay footballers that are too scared to um, to come out. And he was like, it's not my responsibility and it's also not Bethany's job or Grace's job to tell him what to do as a gay man who is also black, he plays football in this country. We saw what happened during the Euros, the abuse that our four black, uh, three black players got when they missed their penalties. The amount of racist abuse, um, I mean, the everybody came together and, and um, sort of outnumbered them enormously the racist but they still exist imagine if they had the ammunition to throw against him that he was gay as well nobody has had to deal with this before in football because they don't come out Mm. if and the thing about it is that you can't hide being black but you can hide being gay and i i totally support if james wants to not to not talk about it and doesn't want to be the poster child for being a gay footballer he sh- he shouldn't be forced into it by the people. I agree, but I, I still well think to... that the way the story's going to go, I think he maybe think he will, will end be. up being. I really one, do yeah. think he will be, and you know he'll save football forever. But it's really unfair of everybody to expect him to put his neck on the line. People have had their careers ruined. I don't know necessarily. It's it's a bit of a gamble. I think it could it could be a positive thing. For him now, I think the ties have changed a lot. Mm. I think that people are a lot more open-minded, but you cannot deny that people would abuse him 
Yeah, he just wants gay. to keep his head down. It's bad enough as it is already, the way people are. That you don't need to give them something else. Because he would be the only one, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah. I mean, uh, the, uh, we spoke about the professional athlete in America who came out as gay, NFL footballer, and I think another um, person in a different sport yeah, in so America came feels out. Feels like maybe the times were changing. I know. It just feels... Maybe. It feels really unfair for... You know, it, you know, Grace was saying it's 2021, it shouldn't be a thing anymore. But it's also, like, it's 2021, James shouldn't have to be the, in the firing line for everybody's homophobic abuse, because it is 2021. I wonder whether it'd be interesting if, like, one of his teammates came was out. inspired and came out, and then there were, like, two, two of them together, and they'd have a bit of... James would have an ally, and that, that could be quite sweet. But everyone would just say all their boyfriends, wouldn't they? Yeah. I don't think that this, you know... This is a, this is interesting and um, it's problematic and it's a good issue storyline, but it doesn't really solve the big problem that is the premiership and no no and it wouldn't it be interesting if you know there were I don't really know there could be there could like could be that there aren't any gay footballers I don't know. There must well, be statistically said, thinking. That when statistically, we talked about this last year, people have said, be, I know that there are. There's got you know, to be some. But how many are there? Mm. And if they all came out at once, what would happen? That's what needs to happen. Yeah, synchronised watches. I wouldn't want to do it. No. There are some things that people attack you for that you wear on your body that you cannot help, like being a woman, being a person of colour, being disabled. Lots of different things that you can never hide, but some things you can and I think that if you wanna, if you want to keep things private, you should be able to. And it's all oh, it really wound me up how Grace was like, "You should." Do, 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 do. I'm glad that James put her in her place. He just wants to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, then Grace opens up to Danny when she's alone that she wants to take things further with Michael. Michael and um, Grace are talking about the nursery. So what they do, they're going... They go and visit a nursery to see if it's suitable for glory. But it's, it's too a, beige. It's a little bit beige, Grace says, but Michael says that's all the rage. Hmm, grage, rage. He was impressed. They're happy. Um, I think he it is, is a thing, because in classrooms now, there's a bit of a new trend. You've seen You've what my eco. classroom is at the moment. We've got hessian on the walls instead of coloured border green. rolls. And this is the this is a very in thing at the moment, and they're natural, so it looks like it's spread to nurseries as well. I remember thinking it was revolutionary when, instead of having to pick blue, pink, or yellow for, I don't know, for your baby, yeah, you could now pick brown teddy bear colour. What I does thought that, mean? that was well. Instead of having everything's blue, everything's pink, or everything's oh, yellow, yeah. everything is now brown and white, like and teddy bear ears everywhere. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow! <laughs> I didn't even know that you couldn't, you could, you could opt out of the, of the gender uh, specific color coordination. I think. I think I might have had a yellow room when I was little. Was that because your parents wanted a surprise? I don't know. I don't remember. Do you know whether your parents knew if you were No, I really got no no clue. Because yellow is usually like, we don't want to know, but we need to decorate this goddamn nursery. Oh, my sister who had a yellow... One of us had a yellow room at You need least. to ask your dad yeah, to I find out. I do, I need out. to find that out, yeah. I don't even think your I had a nursery. <laughs> 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 it shoved you in a drawer in the kitchen. 
I'm sure I did, but I don't remember. Um, well, it, it was it was a very brief period of time when everybody had colours because it also before then it was horrible like clown wallpaper and yeah. like teddy bears with balls. Not just, just a particularly keys. hairy kiwi. <laughs> Right, great. They're having a nice giggle together, aren't they? Well, well and this also is establishing work. that they're getting on very well. Yeah, Michael, Michael and Grace. tells Kirk that he and Grace are doing really well, and Kirk's watching them together earlier, and he's like, "Well, you know that Grace is in love with you, don't you?" And he's like, "No." And if Kirk has picked up on something, then it, it must, must be... be super obvious. Yeah. What was that stuff about the smell in the factory? And Sarah was Sarah sniffing was Kirk. Saying, yeah. I thought that Michael had. You know, left one under Gloria's nappies in there or something. I, maybe it it's because Laura's terrible at cleaning. Oh, yeah, but maybe it is. Mike, but they managed to cope without a cleaner for a while before then. I don't know. They should do like they do in Japanese schools where everybody has to clean up. And... A bit harsh that Sarah immediately jumps to the conclusion that it might be Kirk causing the stink. He's a stinker. I think it's Dirk. <laughs> Silent but deadly. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> James gets back home from training later. Um, he's going to do the interview. Ah, oh, right. Michael says, um, quick, come to the pub with me. James, I need to talk about your interview. Or, no, what's he say? You got trouble with Danny. And and James is like, no, I don't. Oh, okay, yes, I do. So they go off to the pub together and he talks to him about what Kirk had said. And James is like, well, yeah. Didn't Wasn't this obvious to you? And Michael says, oh, no, I don't want to go out with her because she's a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a shame, really, because they do seem really nicely suited together. Th- this week, to me, was all about couples that I-, I was championing. Emma and Curtis, yeah, it's a shame about the whole drop-dead, sudden-death syndrome thing, but they, they're kind of to nice me, together. Fizz and Phil, Leanne and Nick were nice, Grace and Michael. I really, it, it was lovely, It was I lots thought. of nice, and, and happy... Grace has redeemed herself because she used to be such a miserable cow, didn't she? <laughs> she and it's just it's so, lovely to see her smile. Nice she, smile too. she really, really is. I, I, I wasn't much of a Grace fan at the beginning, but I do quite like her now, and it's a sh- it, And I know what she's done, and maybe Michael is very, very right not to trust her. But I think that um, I think he's right not I to trust her if it's real life. I, I, I'm thinking it's inevitable, but it, it might not be. Um, I, I don't know. Do you think they're going to end up, or they're going to try together, and then it realizes they're not? But they are compatible because they've been out before, so. It just uh, so unfortunate that that whole thing with the pretend baby. I know it's a shame, <laughs> isn't it? But you know they'll they'll laugh about it one of these days, won't they? The only way that she can get out of this is by sort of finding out she's got some horrible, misdiag- undiagnosed mental health problem that you can just pop this fictional pill and it will cure you <laughs> of being what's the word um, impulsive and making terrible choices this story needs a bit of Aggie at the moment doesn't it because oh, we, we saw around. her come back for uh, James's press conference I don't remember I can't remember whether she's still supposed to be there or whether she's back with Auntie Corona again but um, she she because she still is very untrusting of Grace isn't she she doesn't she want that relationship she would not encourage this to um, move on but I, I say yes I say Michael and Grace I kind yes, of want please. them to get together as well Michael's I'm quite lovely, happy to let to pretend that Grace never stole a baby yeah yeah. Oh, who hasn't? It's just it was, it was quite funny that Michael didn't realise at all. What that she's stolen a baby? <laughs> she didn't know <laughs> that the, he fancied. She whole, fancied him. Yes. Yeah. Oh, give it a go. Go on. Oh, give her a go. Finally, <laughs> from Grace Vickers to disgraced Vickers. <laughs> 
pump action, Gemma. I can't I barely remember what happened here. This is back on Monday. Well, Todd's excited about the wedding and, and Summer's texting Will and Ed messages Billy saying, I need to see you about the insurance. And it turns out that they can't put the pump in. Oh, no. What? The heat pump? The heat pump. They've got this heat pump here that's been replaced, but the the insurance company won't pay for it because it shouldn't have even been at the factory in the, oh, in, no. the in the builder's yard in the first place. Heat pump, heat pump. The heat pump's the problem. And also, Paul hasn't been replaced, so they can't install the heat pump. And Todd's guilty because he's the one that, that stole, stole the, the heat, heat pump. pump. <laughs> Ed, Paul and David find themselves in the Rovers together and Ed's like, I don't want to even talk to Paul. Um, Didn't like Ed there. No, Ed was being a bit of a dick here. Yeah, he was a bit. Paul phones Summer and says, come round for a coffee. Then Billy meets up with the bishop and says, oh my God, this was such a stupid scene. Oh, yeah. He goes, oh, please, can we have money for this heat pump? And the the bishop's like, heat pump? What do you need a heat pump for? It's global warming. We don't need heat pumps in this country anymore. We need to install central, I don't know what's it called, air conditioning. He's like, do you think I'm just a walk-in heat pump funding machine? Well, I'm not. Um, He's like, I've already given you a load of money for this heat pump. Where did that go? There's no more money anyway. What do you think we are? Made of money. What? The, um, (laughs) The church? What, sell one of our golden plates? I don't think so. And Billy says, okay. This is only C of E. They're not the Catholics. They're not, they're not. They've got gold gold stuff. Sell some bones some of a saint or something. He says, well, in that case, I'm going to react to this in a mature and proportional manner. I resign. Oh, he was so good at being an archdeacon. Oh, All of the archdeacon that he did. What will the people of the area say? I, I, that's got, no, I, I still don't know what an archdeacon does. From from anything Honestly, that Billy has been and what, doing, and also, program. what has he resigned from? Just the church forever, or is he going to be a vicar again? It's okay, Gemma. Paul sorts it later. Well, Todd, no, Todd goes, does. Sorry, Todd, Todd, Todd has Billy, a word with the vicar. Aren't you being a bit stupid about this? You love being an archdeacon, and Billy says, "I've made my mind up." And then Summer tells Paul that Billy's resigned, and she's really upset, and she obviously blames Paul. In the Rovers later. Paul's moaning about how hard his life is and he loves Billy. And David's like, well, shut up about it because he's getting married. Billy comes home and Todd says, I've organised a loan from George. I'm going to pay back. George is a walk-in money factory, George isn't is he? a gullible fool. He's already down five grand. <laughs> and now he's down another five grand. So he's paid for this heat pump twice now. Yeah. So anyway, he's like, um, I've organised a loan from George and I've phoned up the vicar and I've the told bi- the, the, bishop the bishop and yeah. said, please... Please don't take his resignation as serious. It was just a big old joke. And Billy's like, thank God, because I really did not have a backup plan here. Because apparently there are no openings at Roy's Rolls. Ridiculous. Or is it Roy's Baps? Or is it Roy's Balm Cakes? Or is it, well, Roy's... Muffins. <laughs> Never muffins. Um, that's so stupid. To think it was honestly ridiculous. The, whole re- the resignation was just ridiculous. Was it, a, was it a before the break cliffhanger? I don't even know. But the fact that it was resolved in two scenes later by Todd just Somebody... phoning up and saying, no, it's so sorry, right. Billy, you know what he's like. What a drama queen, eh? Like, you, if your reaction to being told you can't get funding for a heat pump is to just resign your job, the, the thing that bothered me about this... Is the logic here, the Archdeacon's house is being converted into a halfway house for men. 
who need it, right? Seems so, like they've been doing it. For but listen to what I'm saying. So if he's resigning as the archdeacon, does that not mean the whole the whole scheme is now completely null and void and pointless? Yeah. The new... Because the new archbishop is going to go. No, I'm having my house. Thank you very much. Yeah. Get this bloody heat pump out of there. I want a boiler <laughs> like everybody else in the country. Yeah. So what's the you know that that number one that was ridiculous. Number two, the the emotional maturity of somebody who just quits their job because they can't get their own way. Is that the sort of person that you want to be in charge of vulnerable people? What's happened to Billy as a character? I don't He's know. He's turned completely ridiculous. I know it's has been a gradual decline, but this was like startlingly bad. And yeah. like also, if you're the if you're the bishop, do you really accept Billy? But Billy's boyfriend, who you don't actually acknowledge as his actual partner because they can't actually get married in your church, do you acknowledge his like? phone call going oh can you give my boyfriend his job back he was just being a silly ass ridiculous Um, oh yeah that's completely cool but you know what i'm not going to complain too much about it because it was only monday um it's only money todd's downfall it feels very very imminent but it was nice to have a bit of a breather from it i want to know why billy is like what is wrong with him i thought that vicars and priests love to get out the big old thermometer outline of how much money we need for this heat pump so they can colour it in and get to the top with the, the funding. Go and do a fundraiser. Yeah. Like it's in Sister Act. <laughs> get everybody round the red rag. Everyone have a sing-song. Pass the basket round. People put money in. Just get do a naked pump. bishop calendar. Why not? Yeah. Maybe he's worried because he's like, I literally cannot get money out of the locals because they've already given £96,000 to Steve. <laughs> right. Um, Gemma, I'm going to give Why this... can't Steve donate some of his 96 grand to the the Ollie McDonald memorial Ollie heat pump? I don't think Ollie would like that. I don't think well, Ollie would... Wouldn't Ollie prefer a memorial heat pump than a naked charity calendar? Because <laughs> I know I would. I am going to give this week's coronation street, which I thought was quite good. It wasn't, you know... Brilliantly, Today's amazingly wonderful. Today's definitely yeah made it better. Like, I'm, gonna... I'm glad I watched this program. Yeah, I am going to give this a solid. Going between two scores, and I'm sure you're going to guess what my two scores are. I can't. I'm going to give this week, as on the whole, a three. <laughs> Come on. Three todgers hidden behind small mangoes out <laughs> of. Five, but close to a three and a half. I definitely. can't believe you didn't go for the low hanging fruit of particularly hairy kiwi. I did have a fruity one though. But yeah, you, is that what you're giving it? Um, what are you scoring? How many? It's a bit obvious. Um, so hang on. Let somebody on the Facebook. Group so vote what was the? You were going between three. I was and three saying and three or three and a half because it was yeah. it was good, and t- today's episode definitely was the best one. It kind of kind of felt like it got better as the week went on. I mean, I complain about definite some of the plots, improvement over the last few weeks. For but sure. I'm not expecting to watch Coronation Street and get you know, and like a international espionage thriller story out of it. So, um, <laughs> I thought it was a good week. I really, really enjoyed today. So I felt refreshed after I watched it. Yes, it made me feel like everything was okay, and so I want to give it three and a half. Ooh. Little poo emojis carved into the back of people's heads. <laughs> oh yeah, that was what David said. That was a funny little conversation. Was it, was it David and Paul were having it, and Paul yeah. was saying, "What do you get? What do you show people the back of their heads at the end?" Does anyone ever say no? Yeah. Very true. When I get my hair cut, they always say, "Do you want it squared and tapered?" And I'm like, oh, it's, "I don't know." What's that mean? Squared or tapered? Do you, do you, do, oh, the back of your head. Yeah, do I want the back of the head kind of fading out? And I'm like, oh, I don't care. I don't see it. Do whatever you fancy. But... <laughs> Why don't you ask 
me what my preference is. I see the back of your head all the time. How would you prefer you're walking the, off the back and of my head? Giving you the finger. Yeah. Um, squared. Squared. Okay, I'll remember that for next time. Okay, character of the week. There's lots to choose from this week. I think it's a pretty good I week. I think lots of people might go for Curtis, but I've got a feeling that you're not going to be. Um... I'm not giving Curtis character of the week until he dies. Yeah, yeah. Did you know that Kurt is a German for short? I think. Or is it Kurtz? I can't Kurt. remember, but he's got a short life, so that's quite. Um, oh. Quite apt. Yeah, also, what a horrible thing for his parents to have done. Also, Phil, the root word Phil means love. So that's quite... Wow, you're so full of facts today. I know, I know I'm a teacher. Yeah. Um, my character of the week this week... Okay, this is tricky. It's really tricky. There were lots of strong oh, choices. I don't know, it's going to be Dev for me, I think. I know, I heard into erring towards that, but he didn't I, have like mega, mega really things to do, but he made a lot today. out of what he, had, he did. I mean, yeah. He, those Today's be- episode was really the main the main thing for Dev and um I just loved her the way he said Kiwi into me. Everyone loves Avit this year, but I think um Kiwi I think Kiwi is the new Avit. Um I um maybe Emma, she was pretty good this week. Poor Although Emma. her her initial reaction to um to Curtis saying about his heart condition, calling him a liar and everything. I no, didn't I didn't right. really like that. She was that. right. Mm. And and Steve, I think um, kind of pushed her into to taking Curtis back because but, he did lie to her. He did, I think I think that um, if you're having a heart to heart with somebody and you feel as though he was hiding something and he said that he was all along. Um, like yeah, uh, Emma, Emma. Also, I really enjoyed the little taxi scene where she's doing her tea um, analogy. Uh, but yeah, the the pull of Dev is strong. I don't know. Um, I thought I was saying I was going to say, and I can't remember what it was now. But I, I love Fizz and Phil as well this week. I thought Tyrone was very, very entertaining in today's episode, but I can't give it to him because he's a dirty dog. Um, okay, my character of the week this week is going to be definitely 100%. Oh, it's got a dev. I'm going dev. Sorry, everybody Good. else who did a lot more this week and um, a lot more nuanced performances. But um, yeah, yeah, I loved him and, and Ardy as well. Fantastic stuff. Good. I'm feeling positive about Coronation Street again. I, I don't feel that... I don't know whether I've had very much interesting to say about this week's episode, but I, it was just one of those weeks. It's like, yeah, enjoyed it. Everyone was happy. Lovely stuff. Um, I'm just not worried. Not got many predictions about what's happening. But I'm worried about Emma here because... The last time she was given a poor, sickly resident of Coronation Street that passed away on oh, her yeah. watch, everyone Eccles. blamed her for it. Yeah. Stop burping. Sorry, is this hair could be burped. So, so first Eccles, now Curtis. Who's next? Is yeah. she cursed? <laughs> um, right. That's Shall it. We, that, yeah, I, I don't think there's really any news this week, everyone. So I'm going to skip the cabin for this week. If there is, I don't think it's particularly big news or I've missed it. Yeah. So let's just jump straight into feedback. Right, what we got for feedback this week? Well, I will tell you what we got. A score of 2.38 out of 5 for last week's Coronation Street. Not <laughs> a great score for last week. I'm in agreement with that. Um, Chad gave it two and a half owls with no feathers who work in a news agent out of 5. I like that one. I think I was going to score it. That was one of my choices. Um, Rebecca gave it three serial killers who taught Eileen how to drive out of 5. And Robin 
Couldn't be anything else but this. Three heat pump mentions a minute out of five. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone who voted on that Facebook poll. Um, now, we had, speaking of voting on the polls, we got one message from Chris um, over the week um, who emailed us to say, um, I just had to stop at the car as I was crying laughing at the VBA thing. I'll be very disappointed if next week nobody rates the show using a scale of barely accessible vaginas out of five. Well, nobody, well, nobody did, Chris. Did. You didn't, did you? She got in there right there. Oh, Thank dear. you. I thought I, I quite enjoyed <laughs> that. Was that. Funny. Um, and we also <laughs> had a little email from Jay just pop into the um, inbox tonight, actually, who said, um, "It's crazy. I was diagnosed with diabetes type two last June. When I no. wa- uh, in June, sorry. When I watched the summer story unfold, I felt like Coronation Street was spying on my life." I wonder if Coronation Street will talk about the depression that comes along with any serious diagnosis. Oh, well, that's sad. That, Jay. Very sad to hear, but. Um, Summer, summer isn't having the best of times, is she? No, I'm sorry to hear that, Jay, because it sounds like you're... you're yeah, going through the time. ringer, yeah, definitely. It's not... But, this is what kind of annoyed me. Some people's reactions were like, oh, well, whatever. This is important and um, it's it's something that you can manage and I think people dismiss it because of that. Mm. It it means you've got to be constantly vigilant and... But who knows what will happen in, in the future? This is the thing you have to keep remembering that there's always going to be new things that they can discover and new ways to treat things. Yeah. And um, it it could be very well that something happens in the future that means that, you know, it, it's not as... You know, think about what happened with AIDS and HIV. Yeah. And um, I wish you all the, the best and good luck with managing it. And don't be hard on yourself because it's... A life-changing thing mm. it's and interesting I, yeah, it's really it's funny it's going when happening happens. at the same time i'm trying to think mm. if there's been anything like that on coronation street where things have been happening to us at the same time well i couldn't watch the sinead thing could i oh yeah you couldn't could you that was uh, that touched you a little bit um i don't know i don't think i'll have to have a think about that but i, I, I we probably would have mentioned oh that, that heat pump that we... oh yeah of course that heat pump we were trying to get installed in the new house last and it got week stolen by a vicar. yeah 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 um right i'm gonna leave you to um do abby's email for this week Gemma. abby says just a quick question from last week's podcast michael suggested that izzy may have moved but i don't remember any mention of that in the show but then i don't take notes when i watch her last flat was close enough that she could wheel herself to work. She doesn't drive or own a car, as far as we know, so even if she did move, it would be somewhere nearby. I, I don't think that she's supposed to have moved. I think that we just that was just me being completely nitpicky and saying that's not the same house as she had last time. No, I don't think it's supposed to. I think that literally um, it's because of Corona they had to Because it's it. at Sherry Lee's house herself. But, um, yeah. Um, so don't worry your head about it. Abby says, say. if Fergus lives in Izzy's building, why is he such a mystery? He lives in the same neighbourhood, so surely once in a while he shops at Dev's, gets a pint of Rovers, buys a magazine. Even if he just moved in, you'd think somebody would at least recognise his face. Maybe. Still scratching Maybe. my head. Yeah. This is the thing, I love I love these nitpicky is little... Is Fergus a bit of a recluse? Yeah, it's, it is really funny. When you start to pick at uh, the stitches, they all come unravelled, don't they? Mm-hmm. Although, <laughs> not everybody, you know, goes to the pub do they but well you know, I thought you could say not everybody cares as much about coronation <laughs> I, I, I'm surprised that nothing's going on with this story now it's like there were lots of um, you know, bells and whistles and, and hurrahs for when Izzy came back and it was kind of interesting for a week, but it felt like, you know, okay, that's week one of the story. It will develop a bit more next week, but that was it, wasn't it? We haven't seen her again. I know it um, makes it, like, infant, infinitesimally mm-hmm. easier. 
could have chosen it could have chosen an easier word um must make it so much so much easier to record and write and film and edit coronation street to block things together as, as like weak chunks yeah but i can't help but think it really would benefit the the viewers better if instead of having one week where izzy was in every episode for say five minutes we could have just had a minute of her in the whole time i just can't see i don't know i don't know whether i'd have liked that that would have felt like I don't, too much would of a drip forget feed. things more i don't know is uh, this is what i think this is what my question is is the way that Coronation Street is set up is clearly of benefit to the way that they write and produce it, and I don't think they could do it any other way. But is it the best way for us to consume it as viewers? I'm finding myself more over the past year or two, when the story comes back after a bit of a break, I'm finding that I'm forgetting more about what some of the key details were the last time. And I don't know whether that was just me getting old or whether the breaks are getting longer or whether I'm just not as interested in some of the it's characters and stories. So, so it's not you know in the in the short-term memory banks but if i as a coronation street podcaster who's supposed to know what they're talking about i seen a character or story go what was going on there again then surely the lay viewer is finding it even worse and how do other soaps tackle this problem do they have the same do they sort of have the same revolving set of stories where you know it'll go go away for a while and come back i don't know what no idea probably Abby but says, anyways, yeah, more to this email. Abby says, oh, for what it's worth, if I were a prospective client, to examine quality, I'd ask to see a random finished item from the warehouse. An existing client wouldn't have to. The new styles should have been attractively displayed, and if they weren't ready, Carla should have faked a reason to reschedule. I know we would have all lost dramatics. Boo-hoo. <laughs> Very true. That the actor who plays Fergus is Shirley Houston's real-life partner. is very cool. But... Oh, that fact had not made it into my spoiler-free world. I'm glad they are addressing the concerns of the COVID vulnerable, both on screen and in the show's work family. Nicely done, Corey. Yeah, it was. It was very, very nice, but just yeah, weird, weirdly short. Um, um uh, I was going to say, oh yeah, my dad is actually a quality control inspector. Yes, your, your Gemma's dad got a new job this week. Congratulations, Gemma dad. He's not had a job for a little while. And now he, well, he's got funny hours now, isn't he? Working from three till 11 not, or something. I'm not thrilled about <laughs> his hours. He's unfortunately got diabetes as well, so I worry about him quite a lot. But he would say that you're right, Abby. That's how you um, inspect for quality. Is you don't you, you don't inspect the, the sample you're given. You take it randomly. Yeah. Because that's the... And you have to, you know... You well, you know, to... Joe Defoe marches to the beat of her own drum. Georgie Borgie. She don't care. <laughs> we have got an email from Cindy this week. Thank you, and if you Thank you very much. If you don't recognise that name, it's because she is a new listener. She says, Michael and Gemma, my How name is, is Cindy. Who's and Chris? I'm a new fan as recently found your podcast via my friend Chris. Thank you very much, Chris. You also share a birthday, Michael, oh, with my son Theo. Lovely. Happy birthday, Theo. 2nd of July, that's right. I've been a massive Corrie fan ever since I can remember. Lovely to hear you're from Southampton, as you are just down the road from myself, as I am from Portsmouth. So, listen, she says, suppose that should make us rivals, really. But who's got time for that nonsense, Cindy says. (laughs) I I have got no problem with Portsmouth people, because I'm not originally from Southampton. It is nonsense. Yeah, we left Portsmouth. We went up the tower last week, didn't we? Last uh, last month, I mean. It was like Dubai. I want to ask your opinion on why you think last maybe two weeks have been so dull following on from the highs of maybe a month ago and in general the last few years have lacked in quality compared to normal I can appreciate that Covid is probably still having an effect but as um, at times my 
Harry has been like watching a different show? Do you think it's time for a new producer? Or alternatively, do you think the cast needs some fresh blood? And if you could trim down the fat, which oh, characters no, do you Cindy. think have maybe run their course? So many You're questions, to get Cindy. Into trouble. I also watched the classic Corrie episodes on ITV3, and at the moment, they are far superior for both entertainment and just keeping my attention. What if you guys were producers? Would you do to improve current Corrie? Love to hear your thoughts. This feels like this is something this that should a be a really listener question. question. I mean... Right, the first thing I would do is I would get the writers to watch the goddamn show. I would get the writers to learn the characters because I don't think they know them very Some well. Some of them do, but Some of not them are of excellent. them all do. Yes, and that's I would, a that is a fact, and I would, um, over, I would, I would get somebody in. I don't know, some kind of troubleshooter, and I would get them to look at the process of how the show is made, and I would say, is this the best way to do this, or is there another way that we are not seeing? What, what what's the driver? Is it is it the profits? Is it the quality of the program? Is it just ease of shooting? Well, if it's just profits, that it's unfortunate that that's not going to sustain because if you don't care about the quality of the show, you're not going to get the profits, are you? No, I mean, I, I think t- to me, in the last few years. I mean, it's not... Obviously, last year had some great high points and the Yasmin storyline I really enjoyed and um, the Alahans have been fantastic recently. There's still lots to love about Coronation Street at the moment, but there's no hiding the fact that there's been an awful lot of low scores from me this past six months than there have been in previous years. And I, I think I think some of it is to do with the characters. I don't think there's enough characters at the moment that I really like enough and know well enough and it's to do with the casts, yeah, the cast size. Yep. And I can look down a cast list, and if I'm going, you know, like love them to bits, quite like them, they're okay. That there aren't enough at that at that top end well, now. I have a lot of respect for the cast. I think they're very talented. I also, you know, um, the writers. Some of them are fantastic, and some of them have off days. And I would. Um, the other thing I would do is I would. I don't know what. Um, what uh, I don't know much about the writers, but I would make sure we had diversity on the on the writing staff because I don't know whether there is that much. I think there's. I'm um, not saying there isn't. I'm saying I literally don't know. Yeah, you know? I think there was somebody this week actually who was from a, a minority background that was a writer. Good, possibly. brilliant. I would um do the do the the gimmick that I've been saying for ages which is a gimmick and it's unashamedly a gimmick but I would do it anyway I would get star I would get um guest star writers and um directors in I would see who I can find who's famous who likes Coronation Street or thinks it would be cool kind of like when when they got Sarah McKellen in mm. I'd get them in and then I would make that my I don't know whether I like that I don't care whether it. you like it this is my I'm being the producer and you've got to take risks and this probably wouldn't even work but it would be what I would do I would take the cast list and I would cut a third of it out that that to me and it's harsh, and I know it's people's jobs and everything, but I think one of the reasons why there aren't as many characters that I really, really feel I love is because so many of them get used so infrequently, and it just doesn't feel that I've got to know them as well yeah. as we get to I, know characters in the earlier years of Coronation Street. I don't like the idea of putting people out of work, but I also find it disrespectful to put somebody on a contract that's restrictive that doesn't allow them to pursue their career in in, in other formats when they're not working when they've got their downtime it, it you know some of these people could be you know performing in the west end or 
pursuing a career in television or film, but they can't because they're on a contract with Coronation Street and they're getting paid to sit on their asses and do nothing. Mm-hmm. When they're talented actors and they really should be allowed to shine like the stars that they are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I you, do. I don't know whether that's going to... Everybody listening to this knows my intentions are not bad. But I think we can all agree that the cast list is just accumulating like a snowball rolling down so the hill. So I don't think it needs fresh blood, which is one of the things that Cindy suggested. Fresh blood I think, for what? You know, new, does it need new characters? It need and new I think characters. absolutely not. I think that the blood that they've got has the potential to be really, really good. Just give give the characters more chance. I mean, I'm I'm thinking of like Adi, for example. Fantastic. What? Why do they not? No, he, he, but every listen. scene he is in, he is the the best thing in it. I know, but but, but listen, we're seeing a bit of an issue with that kind of thinking with Sam. I think Sam's yeah. being overused, and he's I think Sam's being a bit overused. Precious and wonderful when he first came in, but. Um, I've seen people starting to find him a bit grating and it really is oversaturation. Yeah. Some characters are like, you know, seasoning and some of them are like the bread and the butter. Yeah. And you've got to work out which one's which and you've got to make, use them accordingly. Yeah. But treating everybody like, you know, a special guest star on a show where they should really be in, a, a, you know, every, there should be a court amount of of characters that are in practically every episode that is how coronation street was originally written that is why it captured the imagination of of viewers and that is what made it so popular but the problem is that nowadays when you get six episodes of the week you can't get people to work that much it's, it's physically impossible so it's a bit of a bit of a catch-22 isn't it well yeah but the other thing to do would be to get rid of six episodes a week all but six again, of them <laughs> but again, all of this stuff is is um, things that you probably wouldn't even be able to do as producer. No, I know. It's very easy us sitting here on our sofa saying, well, it's obvious how to solve the problems on Coronation because Street. Because this moment, producer, you know, whoever's the producer of Coronation Street is beholden to the viewing figures, um, yeah. being fair to the, the people that work there already. And the figures and, are, um, are down, but they're still, Corrie's still doing better than the other soaps. Making which sure is that great. you. Um, you satisfy the advertising. Yeah, which is requirement. Yeah, which is very, very important. You could never now go back from six episodes a week. No, no, um, and unless and we have another pandemic. <laughs> I, I, I would say that, and I think I probably said this last week actually, that it is time for Ian McLeod to move on. He's been the producer for quite a while now. I would say certainly longer than Kate Oates was. But just putting somebody new in isn't automatically going to be a guarantee of quality, no, especially if they just grab from Emmerdale, which is what they've done for the last few producers, because Emmerdale's not going, having a great time at the moment, apparently. But um, I think Ian McLeod has done lots of good for Coronation Street, but there have been times when his material has just not grabbed me it feels like this year they put all their eggs in one basket with the Seb storyline and the Fizz storyline and everything else they're, they're, I don't I don't think there's been any utter complete clunkers even the MLN, MLM story had its charms but there's just not quite enough that's made me go yeah this is brilliant and and Ian McLeod oh there's a bit of rain I can see sorry yeah, no, to interrupt this, there was lightning earlier oh cool was there um and so yeah the um uh, and when he came in, he talked about the classic Corrie comedy. And I still, after all these years, don't think he really gets classic Corrie comedy. But Hardy was fantastic. Hardy was. 
but there's there's still a lot of attempts of coronations of comedy and coronation street that fall flat sorry i just have to bring kirk up again this week i can't remember what his lines were but you remember this week when he and um chesney were were getting um dressed up to do their sistine chapel shoot and there was this back and forth that was going on between brian and kirk that was just painful it was just him saying these ridiculous things and it, it you could you, it's almost you knew what he was going to say it's like oh, the, the most unfunny thing that he could say it now would be this effort. and he said it it really really is um i just do without that maybe maybe uh, the thing is about Coronation Street is that it's like it feels like a treadmill it feels like a, you can never get off the treadmill and it wears people down I you know I think when there was before beginning of like last year before the pandan- pandemic happened I think you were expecting Ian McLeod to say he was going to leave at the 60th yeah, anniversary but what I want to say is that he has stuck around and I admire him because this is probably the hardest job that a Coronation Street producer has ever had to deal with the pandemic. At the moment, the the cast are coming down left, right, and centre with COVID all over the place. It must be you've got, very, very hard. You've got restrictions for how close people can be in scenes. You can't have different groups of characters interacting with each other. Um, considering all of the things and the challenges that everybody's been up against, I thought they have produced a miracle even getting the show out let alone something that's consistently entertaining which it hasn't necessarily been but the the highs have still been there and there's still been some really great episodes Mm. and the seb seb um storyline was absolutely fantastic i i don't remember being moved as much by a Coronation Street storyline for for years so and what what they what what they did really well for that was they had a week, maybe nearly two weeks, where that was the only storyline, didn't they? It really and, and they be really been able to and focus and concentrate on that was great. So maybe they but need to reduce the amount of stories, but then that yeah. means that some characters we see even less. So it's okay, guys. It's like Catch Twenty Two. I mean, perhaps even just completely change the concept of the show. I don't know whether that would work either. I don't know whether we need a bold thinking or which would come with a new producer active like going back you either go completely radically different or you go back to the roots which i know radical and roots is Mm. the same thing (laughs) but um so you either go right we're gonna strip it bare we're gonna just have um a core cast we're gonna focus on very um you know everyday stories whatever or are we going to make it like instead of telling everyone's story all the time do we just have vignettes of of people's experiences and it's like it becomes like an anthology story where you know and if for one week we only have Seb and, and Nina and then the next week we only have blah and blah but then you know you, you what you track even more but then no but you then come up with against the problem that you might lose viewers who go oh, I don't even like these characters and you don't watch for a week uh, yeah I don't I, know. Spit, uh, this is why one, I'm not a producer and I would never want to be. One other exact example of what I think that I was expecting Corey to do better with this year and they haven't, and they certainly could have done as far as I know, <laughs> is the Allahans. I went into 2020 thinking this is going to be the year of the Allahans because we started to see them build up and get used more. People were appreciating them. Everyone was saying that they love the Allahans scenes. And yes, we've had some, but it still doesn't feel like they've had quite the impact in 2021 as as they could have done. I know. And the other thing is... That family unit are gold. They're so fantastic. But, the other thing mm, is that we are coming from this from a perspective of hardcore Coronation Street fans. And the show is not really made for us. The show is made for the people who perhaps don't watch every all the time. 
those are the people that Coronation Street are chasing constantly because they're the ones that they need to win over and have them come back all the time. That's yeah. what I think. So I don't think we're the best people to say who what should be done. No. I think they they need somebody who doesn't care about Coronation Street maybe to come in and go, look, you need to get rid of this idea because it's not working anymore. You know, really kind of un... Uh, what's the word? Um, what's the word where you're... Uh, oh, I've forgotten the word. I'm sure it would not, be it's not. It's kind of unsympathetic where you don't... You're not um, precious about yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean, but I can't think of the word either. Um, anyway, there's a few tips for you in McLeod, if you're listening. I, I listen, it's like we just said... All of this is nonsense. And honestly, if I was in charge, I would probably be too scared to do anything. I wouldn't do any of these things because I'd be scared of ruining everything and, you know, making irreparable changes. Like, you know, we talk about, what's his face? The Axeman. Yeah, Brian Park. Brian Park. Did he actually ensure the continuation of the show or did he ruin it? Because you ask different people and you'll get different answers. Mm, I know. He, he made massive changes. He got rid of really loads of beloved characters and the show really did change. Yeah, and I, and I think I've heard... I, I think I'm right in saying that Kate Oates over in um, EastEnders has made some radical changes and you know, changed some characters' personalities, got rid of some big characters and, and the show has suffered from it. So I... I... I don't know. It's difficult. Really, really is. But as I as always say, when there are lows, I, 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 you know, grit my teeth and go through them because I know that there will be highs. Like this week was high. It wasn't, you know, tip top four out of four, five, five out of five material, but it was a, it was a solid week. And um, I'm hopeful for, for future weeks. And I don't know much about what's going on. I know a few things that are, are bubbling away um, in the future, but... I mean, the bare minimum I would expect for people who are involved in the show, and I know the actors don't necessarily do this, I wouldn't make this rule necessarily for them, it's up to them what they want to do, but at a bare minimum, if you're behind the scenes and producing, storylining or doing any kind of writing, you have to watch the goddamn show and you have to watch every episode of it. I I really, really agree about that. It's inexcusable. Yeah, you need to know the show inside and Absolutely. out and the characters. Because if you're just writing lines that anyone could say... If you're writing generic sorry, that's not good like enough. teen girl lines for the teen girl characters, mm. no. And a anyway. bit more effort for, you know, some key... When you've got a character like Kirk or Mary, those characters have very distinctive sort of lines and they are the most, most important lines of an episode because... They are so so unique and unusual. Yeah. So you need to put more effort into crafting those lines than you... Like, who cares what Sarah says about the smell that's in the toilet? But how Kirk reacts needs to be on point and funny and Kirkish. Otherwise, mm. he's, the character may as well not be there. Yeah, yeah. There you go, Cindy from Portsmouth. How's about those answers? <laughs> <laughs> um, Gemma, would you like to read out Rebecca's uh, message? I don't think we answered every question, but we had I a bit think of we a are. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And oh, again, I know... It's, it's so good to have that off my chest. I know that, you know, not everyone's going to like hearing that. But it's no, no, I mean, there, there are some people that are really, really loving Coronation Street at the moment and probably well, think I'm we talking... moan far too much. I know, well... Rebecca says... I just wish George and Eileen would get together other than just messing around. I'm guessing Will will reveal the clip at Todd and Will's, uh, Billy and Todd's engagement party, but it could be anywhere now. Either way, Todd is running on borrowed time at the moment. Sad that uh, Alia and Ryan have split up. Oh, yeah. 
I thought this is the thing like some <laughs> Oh no, this is what I mean. Would it be why, better? Why, why, do, why is there oh yeah moments? There shouldn't be. I know, be. I know. Is it just they don't have that great an impact or No, is it it's because not... it's it's in chunks. Yeah. It's in chunks. I don't know that it's a pro- is it really a problem? I don't know. This is the question. Anyway, Rebecca says, I'm still thinking Daisy and Ryan slept together and she's playing mind games with him. I main- still maintain there's something in Daisy's past that makes her act like that she does. And I really want to know more about it. Jenny needs to wise up about Daisy. Curtis, I'm still maybe too trusting, but I don't think that his reasons for doing the calendar kind of done, yeah. are dishonest. But maybe he has a cousin or a young relative that's sick and he doesn't want to tell Emma. So close, Rebecca. I just don't want to see Emma get hurt, though I'm loving her being happy. I just still think, going back to the Fizz and Ty Alina story, that Alina might get jealous of Tyrone stripping. I don't think she, she minded, did she? she didn't did it get care. mentioned? I don't know. I want everyone to know what you look like with no clothes on because I think you look really good. <laughs> and I'm going to send one of these back to my dad and he has a gun in his side cabinet. <laughs> uh, Rebecca says, I quite like Fizz now. Oh, Fizz's new love interest, and he could be a secret millionaire, although I don't oh, think yeah. he is. Although I did feel sorry for Fizz being catfished, I didn't see anything wrong with her writing the article. That would be really funny. I did I did think about that. That's a nice idea. Didn't we like say something one. about that where we were saying, you were saying about it, and I said, well, why is he buying a furniture, a furniture from a second-hand shop? And you said, that's how rich people stay rich. Yeah, and he did pay for Tyrone's dinner tonight as well, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, that's true. It was no big deal mm. to him. And they were drinking champagne and eating steak. Ooh. Keep hold of this oh, one first. Oh, let's put this in our back pocket for a bit of a um a theory here. Um, Rebecca says, um, I did laugh at Tyrone being called Peter. Peter Pan. Peter Pan and Alina being called a member of S Club Juniors. <laughs> love it. I, I, I love it. Uh, I mean, I um I've been listening to a bit more nineties and noughties music recently, haven't I? I said this on the Facebook group because Gemma signed me up to her Apple Music subscription. I do have one S Club Juniors song on my soundtrack. Do you? I do actually. Yeah. Oh dear. You're Automatic watch high this. classic. What? <laughs> Rebecca says I'm also kind of hoping this guy makes Tyrone a bit jealous, but it would be good to have Fizz have a bit of happiness. Also, Evelyn telling Fizz to shave her legs. Um, she 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 made an emoji there. Um, oh, I just copy. I'm just copying the tweet. When you so, copy emojis, it literally writes out smiling face with open mouth and smiling eyes. Rebecca <laughs> in there. Um, Rebecca says, finally, Nick is so cute when Sam is around. He's such a cute dad. Character of the week is Ryan, and I give it three serial killers. You taught Eileen how to drive out of five. As we Thank said you, earlier, Rebecca. thank you very much. See, the thing I feel a bit bad for um, Nick here because I do think he's missing out on lots of. Um, potential girlfriend action because of how sweet of a daddy is chicks dig that yeah well, he you... needs to take sam down to the park and have sam being like daddy these are chinese crested ducks that have migrated across the continent and then the mum's like oh why does nick need that he's got leanne that's lovely what I mean. leanne that's what i mean he needs to get, get rid of her and just play the field no, for a little bit. they're having a great time tonight. I did think that was really sweet. It was very, very this sweet. This was quite it? a romantic week. It was, wasn't it? I loved the bit where Tyrone smashes <laughs> the glass on the table. Finally, we have an email from Nancy, our competition prize donator, um, who says about last week's, you, pod, uh, last week's Coronation Street, watching Todd this week has been like watching a comedy of errors. Completely outsmarted himself. <laughs> the clincher was when he thinks he's done with Will and Will has him on video. Yep. I have to say though i've just watched benadorm and tony maudsley is hilarious oh, i'm sure will is going to use this video um just before billy and todd's wedding or at the wedding will paul want billy back do you think we should watch yes. benadorm i'd be in, i'd be kind of interested to see like an episode if it's on with like sherry Houston and uh, tony maudsley together 
I don't, I don't, I don't know much about it. I'm, no. I don't know. I don't know whether we'd like it or not, but you should give it a go. Um, they say opposites attract, uh, Nancy says, but I do not think that Alia and Ryan made a great couple. It'd be great to see a scene where Jenny talks to Rita about Daisy and I want to see Ryan's DJ gig. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will he really take Daisy? Can he win Alia back? It's so funny that like the, the main talking point of last week literally poofed out of my head. I wonder when it'll poof back. The calendar idea reminds me of the time some firemen in America got together to create a character calendar to raise money for firemen's families. They got some nice looking firemen to be in the calendar. It was successful. Oh, what, that might be Of course linked. it was. Yeah, I don't think that the Coronation Street one's going to be quite so... Um, I mean, is can I just say, is so the reference the calendar girls, is this yeah. like a really old thing that now people have forgotten about and did it go across the pond yeah i think so because that i whenever i think of this i just think that it was was it the first time that naked calendars became a thing or did well, no, everything it's all to do with naked people who you wouldn't normally expect to be in a naked calendar was that the first time they did it because the film was Maybe. based on a real thing wasn't it yeah WI like the women's thing. institute and they all got their baps out for cancer yeah. or something yeah <laughs> Um, the journalist oh speaking of Babs what was that thing that Toya said this week about taking a bra off and slubbing on the couch yeah she said the best way to celebrate my promotion is to take away and sit on the sofa with my bra off she is a girl after my own heart she knows exactly what to do she gives unsolicited advice to people in cafes and she keeps herself to herself generally she Toya is me the journalist, but without the um, but really good without looking, the meat so eating. Oh, the yeah. journalist who wrote the article did not do Fizz any favours by publishing it without cleverly disguising the situation. Daniel was smart to set Tyrone straight. Alina would um, be smart to stay out of Fizz and Tyrone's business, though. Um, we did not get to hear Evelyn's opinion. What a shame. Fizz will be going out with somebody new soon and coming out a strong woman. Is Tyrone going to be jealous and want Fizz back? Yeah. Yes, that is exactly what happened. It's, it does feel like you know, the, as the weeks go on, he's starting to regret it more and more. I, I think he, do, he does have feelings for Alina, doesn't he? He wants it. It's what he, he wants. He, he, it's not just... I don't think it's just a you know infatuation based only on looks. I think we, we are supposed to believe that he finds something, you know amicable and and about Alina as a person but yeah he's just starting to realize what he's not find me so attractive and wonderful as a person anyway two and a half designer suits out of five is what Nancy rated last week's Corrie and for her the character of the week is the the character of the week is the heat pump (laughs) that's brilliant who should have thought of that um thank you very much pump Nancy and again as you said don't forget if, if you um I don't know, didn't listen to the beginning of the podcast or something. Um, we have got a competition that's running. We talk about it at the beginning. You've got one month to get your answers in. What is our cat's name? <laughs> the Email is hidden, hidden somewhere. In by this, an I, idiot. I, I, yeah, I literally thought that you were joking. No. Um, email us with this the is, answer. This is how stupid You will be we are. put into a draw and we will pick one person at random. This is why if anybody gets offended by our advice, just remember <laughs> it's being given by a pair of simpletons with no grasp of reality. Um, speaking of Patreon, I just want to say a big thank you to our latest patron this week. Um, we were joined by Susan Robbins. Thank it you. Was, um, we, we got an email from Susan last week, didn't we? Yes. Susan in New Zealand. Thank you very, very much for joining us on our Patreon. Very, very much appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you very much, everybody. Anyway. Thank you to our patrons. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to people that like our tweets. Yes, that's very <laughs> good. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and our, can I say thank our... you to people who like my YouTube videos? Because I know we don't get, you know, loads of views. I mean, people, like, I'm lucky if any of our YouTube videos get into triple digits. 
but um, I do appreciate it when we, people give it a few little likes as well. So yes, thanks if that's that person is you. Handy. Um, right, if you'd like to send us an email in time for next week's podcast, um, wing it all over to conversationstreet at gmail.com and I will read it out, or Gemma will. And, um, or you can also give us a review on iTunes. It's been a little while since we've had a five-star one there. That would be nice. Um, we are on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, so follow us there if you haven't done so already. Um, if you are new to the podcast, like Cindy, and you want to find some of our best material from years gone by, you can you can go to our blog, conversationstreet.gmail.com email dot no conversationstreet.podbean.com and you can find all our old character profiles and interviews and um all the other good stuff over there or you can go over to our youtube channel where uh, gradually i'm re-uploading a load of our old stuff up there too um that is it i think Gemma. that was it thank you very much for thank listening you. i hope that you all have a wonderful oh i weekend. hope that next week's coronation um, street is good please let me go i don't if know if you're if you're in charge of itv or um uh, serial drama or I or Coronation Street or anything don't give me a job as being producer <laughs> I don't want to do it do you think that there's going to be any more Dev and Ardy comedy next week or was this was this it oh, it's so it, it doesn't need to it. be any more really does it we, this is my, we get the this joke is my problem. now I really really I think that um, we've got to be careful about demanding too much of these because I think Sam like I said Sam's a victim of it Mary kind of suffered a little oh, yeah. bit of it. Um, and, you know, sometimes... Well, there's the, there's the thing with Ardy about him fancying Summer as well yeah, at the moment, isn't there? That's bubbling there. away. I oh, think he's something... so cute. I didn't, honestly, of all the sort of... If you could say what category of character are you the least interested in and don't want to know a story about it, and if I told you the story revolves around this sort of character, you would turn it off, I would say teenage boys, not interested in them, nothing nothing fascinating about them at all i apologize if you're a teenage boy but you're not that interesting but ardy was just i love him so much i want to put him in my pocket and carry him around and take him out for little quips every now and then i'm sorry zen and ditch but thank you for stepping down he's fantastic adam hussein is brilliant he's got such great comic timing He's really funny. He's so quick. His facial expressions fabulous. They're the best. Him, he and Dev, um, Jimmy Harkishan work so well together. I, I'm like mind blown. I love it so much. And it's one of these things where it took them a while, didn't it? Yeah. Because when um, Ardy came in, he was. I felt he was kind of aloof and a bit remote, wasn't he? What, he new Ardy? Me. Yeah, when he first... Yeah, when when um, he when Adam Hussein replaced... Uh, Zen and Ditchett. Um, and came in, I. it was, you know, a bit of a sedate beginning, I thought. They've, they've, he's grown he into the character. He was kind of aristocratic, they... and um, he reminded me of, like, a... Um, I don't you remember know, that. I just kind of... He gave me the impression of, like, being this aloof... Uh, they've just they've just realised that he's very, very good at, at comedy, and they're, they're now working, writing just right for him. Yeah. Well, we could, sorry, I didn't realise I, I interrupted you then. I was finishing my thought, but it doesn't matter. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um... Yeah, I, I hope that I still enjoy when the summer stuff with him. I mean, it's uh, that's no spoiler. It seems like that's what they're working towards when that storyline comes in. I hope that because it's with Summer, who's a character that I'm not, uh, you know, particularly um, excited by. I hope that doesn't drag him down. But um, I did, I'm already kind of picturing all that him kind of being embarrassed and shy. And um, it, if it's a story that's a comedic 
coming of age, like, first romance story. Yeah, I don't need it to be, be a sexy, sexy story. It, no, I don't, I'm not interested in that, and I'm also not interested in a sort of star-crossed lover's story. Yeah. It needs to be funny and awkward and, yeah. um, like, you know, and relatable. I think that he, that he's pretty good at that, because mm. the good thing I like about the character of Ardy now is that he's not... Like, I, I feel... I don't know, Adam Hussein just feels to me like he's... <sighs> giving himself to the part and he's not afraid to look stupid and be a bit silly mm. for a laugh and that is a very admirable trait and it's not one that you get um often in especially young young men no i think just want to be cool yeah mm-hmm. but in being funny and laughing at yourself you become cool so <laughs> how about that well there's a little coda to the podcast that i wasn't expecting today but good point i well literally made. cannot praise him enough how old is adam hussein he's like 19 or 20 oh, now he can't get best young character then can he? i don't know i don't best young actor i can't remember he's fantastic i know but you know what they've they've really built their young cast up this year that that's been a, a success of 2021 they've got so mostly many because young... of the seb story i have to say they've got so many young actors who are so talented and ones to watch, definitely. And they've all got different talent sets. That's the thing that's really impressive. And if you're going to sort of, you know, criticise Ian McLeod and say this, that and the other, the one thing you have to... Well, many things that he's done well, and this is one of them, and sort of overseeing the casting of this group of actors who have all, in different ways... Yeah, I mean, you've got Millie Gibson, who is a great actress. I still don't love the character the yet, character. but I'm, I'm warming to her more. But we can tell that she's, you can't she's deny her talent. very good. Um, Max Evans again, very very good as um, as Corey. So Jack James Ryan and perfectly. Jack James Ryan in cast. it for a little bit. Tanisha Gorey, well, what a revelation! I know there's there's very Adam very insane, comedic, hilarious, and you've also got um, Molly. Oh Gallagher. yeah, blimey, yeah, Molly Gallagher, of the course, star of that story, really. Oh, I hope that she comes back and has lots and lots of scenes very very soon. I've I am so her. proud of the young the young cast members, and then you've also got um, people who have been on the, on the show for a while. Like you've got, um, you know, Simon and Amy oh yeah, and, oh yeah, um, just really talented. And if you were like, th- this is the other thing. Sometimes you start to think, oh, what, what's the future of the show? How are they gonna? make sure that this show carries on for, you know, however many years. I hope that it this is attracting younger people. Because I was also a bit, um, what's the word? Sceptical about, oh, would I be interested in a teenager's story? No, not interested. If I wanted that, watch Hollyoaks. Or I, I, I definitely but remember thinking when the previews were coming in of 2021 at the end wrong. of last year, I was like, no, I don't want to see that. Completely wrong. Absolutely blown away. Think they're all fantastic. Love them want them to continue to be successful and I and they won't all trapped. stay and not all great child characters become adult character great adult characters Absolutely. we know but the fact that they're are still but they're quite... old enough now i think that, yeah they are i mean to, to, tanisha and, and adam and quite a few of them are over 18 now aren't they yeah. the actors so anyway Round that is applause. a coda to the coda yeah definitely well, that's quite a long feedback section but we didn't have any news we, it was this week so um Thank you for everybody that wrote in the feedback. Don't forget, if you're listening and you've got something to say, why don't you write it down in an email and send it to us? Good idea. Conversationstreet at gmail.com. Let's have a range of different opinions on here. Let's have somebody saying what they think that that should be done. Let's have somebody saying, no, everything you said was ridiculous. Of course, you shouldn't um, get rid of the third of the class. What are you, horrible, (laughs) genocidal maniac? 
Um, let's have somebody saying what they think of, I don't know, just give us a range of opinions, different things. Um, and don't forget to enter that competition. Same address, conversationstreet at gmail.com. We've also got our website, conversationstreet.podbean.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes, Instagram, Twitter, Patreon. All right. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening, everybody. See ya. The music of this episode came from podcastteam.com. Oh, 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 oh